All right, welcome to this week's The Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Krins. Travis, uh, happy September to you. It is already September. Or is it already September? It uh, This 2020 has been such a long year. It's finally September. Maybe that's the better way to phrase it. Last week was a busy week. Yes. Last you... week was a long week. Yes. I got a lot of stuff I was really get into. But uh, this week we've got uh, two days at 75, as we always like to start with the weather. Yep. Two days at 75, two days at 82, and a couple days at 90. So today would be a 82 degree day. Yesterday was 75, tomorrow is a 90 degree. Oh, man. To so, get a little bit of variety, then we'll be back down to 70 by uh, 75 by Thursday, and then 90 by Saturday, and then 75 by Sunday. So I don't know what's going on. Just the ups and downs, a little bit of early fall and some summer mixed in there. We're supposed to, St. Cloud's supposed to be in the 50s or low 60s uh, right after Labor Day for a couple of days. It's insane. For highs. For highs, yeah. Uh, well, we got down. Uh, we got out about fifty-one uh, what, Monday morning. It's kind of cold out. Got about fifty-one. The uh, the Weather Channel has said that expect colder or you know below average temperatures for September for much of the Dakotas, Minnesota, parts of Iowa. I think even spreading down into Missouri. So this is uh, it's going to be perhaps fall like we should have football then and we will get it in some capacity next week we will have our big nfl preview as big of one as we would possibly want to do next week and we are going to start with uh, do you want to get into your week last week your busy week yeah, i know you had to go out to douglas and uh, stuff yeah i went there it was the first football game of the year went well just outside of rapid city by the uh, Air Force Base, Ellsworth Air Force Base. They're about three and a half hour drive, 260 some miles. So, did that. Never been there before. Uh, got to the stadium. Stadium's fine. Uh, field was not all that impressive. You would think for the first game of the year, it'd be a nice field. Mm-hmm. There's like a big bald spot at the 20 yard line. It was not great. So, um, Press box is good, funny room. The glass in my little booth was really cloudy and smeary. It was hard to see out of it, and it was kind of just kind of the glass that they had there. So I wasn't a huge fan of that. Did you bring so, Windex with? No, it was like permanently there. Like oh. what? They're like a very cloudy glass. So really? whatever it was, like you couldn't clean it. Hmm. That's way just the glass was so that wasn't great uh mitchell ended up winning 55 28 a lot of points for there got done just before uh 10 o'clock central got back about one about one o'clock to mitchell and then went to sioux falls right away got there about 2 15 that was uh a late night early morning for saturday so got that done extremely busy last week which is the first week of everything but uh, this week this week's been a lot better and uh, a much easier, more manageable. We had volleyball Thursday nights. We had football here in Mitchell on Friday. So usually about one volleyball game a week or so. But we are, we are in it. 
Yes, we are. Well, good. Glad things went well for the most part, apart from the from the glass, and hope uh, continued success this season, as you call uh, pretty much all Mitchell sports here at this point. Um, where's football oh, no, at this week? I forgot to mention a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I put together a list of all the games that I've ever done. Yes. Yep. And I've wanted to do that for a while. I'm like. Am I too far into it here? Can I find most of the games that I've done? I've recorded most of them, or I've tweeted a picture, or had a Facebook picture, so I can go back. Oh, yeah. August 20th, 2018, I did this game. Mm-hmm. And it was fairly easy to put together, going through my Twitter timeline, looking at all the games I had archived. And I put together a list. I think it's pretty complete. I'd say it's 95%, if not more complete. Especially the last five years, maybe a few SDSU softball games in there that are questionable. But I, I like the list I put together, and I wanted to do that since I'll be doing doing some games. I can add to that here every week, and hopefully, I can. You know, I've got that compiled. So I um, wanted to do that for a long time, and then finally, I think put together a pretty good list. Is this separate from the list of cities or towns that you've done games in? Cause that kn- was kind of that's basically where I got that from. Okay. But yeah, I put this was an Excel file. I just made an Excel file for every year. And like 2018, I started and all right, what do we got? Just go down the list, mm-hmm. date, the game, who played, who won, and where it was at. Very cool. And I came up with. About 420 so games or so. Wow. So, thus far, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll add to that. So, wanted to get that done so I could look back at the end of the career and say, all right, here's all the games I did. And ever since, I think even, even when I was in Laverne, I think I pretty much got all those games too. Yep. So, Tennessee State was a little tougher. I think I got most of those. And uh, SDSU, I mean, they're, they're just games I think I'm missing or I don't remember and a lot of it, you look back at some notes or look back at maybe some documents on your computer some game notes that you did and like oh yep yep I did that game so I got to put that down so it was still early enough where I could compile all of that but still I've done it for a while which I think I got a pretty good list well that's so. very cool uh, very very cool indeed where does the championship game at the dome rank among the the games <laughs> That's got to be up there. It was a it was a great game for one. Mm-hmm. Um, and with it being the school I graduated from, that was good. Yeah, it's up there. If I had to, you know, rank like top five or ten games that I've done, that would be in the top ten for sure. Probably top five. I don't know if I've really done any championship games. I don't think I've done a state championship game. I think that's probably the only one that I've done. Very cool. I did I did do a CBI or CIT, one of them, one of those dumb tournaments. I did one of those games in Evansville, mm. Indiana. Okay. In the Purple Aces in Tennessee State. Okay. So I like that. I like that for an oddball Absolutely. game. And I like, looking back, and I can add to the list here just weird games or weird places that I would like to now do games in town that I've never been to. So that's kind of what I would like to do, but that's, it'll be hard to come by. But yep. just adding a new team or a, or a new venue 
or a, uh, a new location to the list. You just put a pin in it there. Uh, you get a big yeah. map and you just put pins in it. That's right. Very cool. All across South Dakota. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Well, continued success in uh, the, doing that. And, uh, um, yeah, it, it's going to be hopefully a good year. Who does Mitchell play this week? Or do they not play at all? Two Falls Christian. All right. Uh, they're 11 eight. Mitchell's double-A. They lost to him last year at 26-23. So, <clears throat> I think Mitchell should win. I think Mitchell's a little better than last year, so hopefully uh, yeah, they can win that go to 2-0. Very good. Well, hopefully they do, and we'll see what happens there. We'll, we'll discuss it next week. Uh, like I said, plenty of football is going to be talked about next week, and we are going to start with football this week because the Minnesota Vikings have made a significant trade without having to give up much in the means of getting defensive end Yannick Ngakwe from the Jacksonville Jaguars for a second round pick in 2021 and a conditional fifth round pick in 2022. It can become a fourth round pick if Yannick makes the Pro Bowl this year. It can become a third round pick if the Vikings win the Super Bowl and Yannick's a Pro Bowler. I think I would be okay giving up a second round pick and a third round pick for one of the better premier defensive ends in the game if the Vikings win the Super Bowl. I had really never heard of this guy until he wanted to be traded with early this winter. I guess he's supposed to be good. He's good. He's so, very good. He's an yeah, upgrade over Everson Griffin. No doubt about it. Yeah, probably. So that's good. Well, give the deal Hunter. I don't know what his situation is. If he's hurt or his contract thing. So it's probably not great. So, yeah, they got a guy. And his NFL trades. Like, I don't know why the white guys don't, teams don't trade more for guys. They can get just, like, as we mentioned a thousand times, what you can give up for a very good player. Mm-hmm. Especially around the draft. I mean, that you can get them, like, for, for pennies on the dollar. Uh, it's... It's insane, but I like this is going to give the Vikings a huge like it, it's going to be the best uh, pass rushing combo or tandem in the league between Ngakwe yeah. and Hunter. Uh, Ngakwe thirty seven and a half sacks through five years. He's twenty five years old. Same same uh, age as Hunter, I believe. I mean, this these guys are young, and what helps a young secondary? Uh, more than anything, a tremendous pass rush. And yes, the the fact that there, there's going to be a void without defensive tackle Michael Pierce, who is sitting out this year uh, with the COVID situation. He was going to take in. He was the the big prize free agent acquisition for the Vikings this year, replacing Linval Joseph. But uh, you paired these two defensive ends up, and the quarterbacks in the NFC North, Aaron Rodgers. Matthew Stafford and whoever the hell takes snaps for the Chicago Bears, they better be uh, prepared to get rid of the ball f- quickly. And it's the, a great pass rush is going to help that young secondary. And I got to think that Mike Zimmer is licking his chops, just thinking ways that he can uh, put a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks with that tandem. Yeah, hopefully a defensive line not a strength at the moment. I would say it's not very good. I mean, the Neil Hunter's got to play here. If he's out, then that's not that's not good. So right. He's he's got to be he's got to be there. Otherwise, yeah, defense you don't know because there's just a bunch of new guys, a bunch of rookies in that secondary. 
and they lost a lot of defensive uh, defensive line help. So a lot of the nail hunters are that should help, but if who any, knows how good that uh, defense is going to be? They got rid of their best receiver, so that that's not great either. If Fetty Adejabo, I believe something to that effect, he's yep. going to be in that. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, rotation as well on the defensive line, so that will be good. Riley Reef, well, uh, was there was talk that they were going to cut him if he wasn't going to take a, a, a salary cap reduction or a, a reduced salary to help with the cap situation. He ended up doing that. I don't know if that. I mean, if they had gotten rid of him, that would have been fine. But he took the reduced salary, or, and now he's going to stay. So that will help the offensive line. Uh, we'll see what happens with Dalvin Cook. I think Gary Kubiak's going to have a tremendous year on the offensive side of the ball for the Vikings. But this this Yannick Ngakwe trade has gotten me super excited now for the potential that the Vikings have this season. Because beforehand, I was thinking, okay, you know, they're going to be average. They're going to be competitive. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year, especially with that extra playoff spot. That's even if we have a, a, a full season this year. But now with that trade, it just makes me all that much more confident that, yes, the Vikings can at least make the playoffs, and we'll see what they can do going forward after that. Oh, are games next weekend? What's that? Are, are games next weekend? Is that yes. When they start? Yes. A week from this Thursday, the Chiefs will uh, reveal the championship banner in front of 16,000 people at Arrowhead Stadium. I've just never been most excited for a football team. Like, it's just not there at all. Not at all. It's it is weird this year. I agree with you. Not at all. Like I just don't care at all. College, I don't. I really don't plan on watching any of these college games. It's like, all right, gonna play, but I'll probably find something else to do on Saturday. I'm I'm curious about what's gonna happen here with the college, and I'll we're gonna have Charlie on later uh, because. Uh, you know, the Big Ten, there is no conference right now that is, that is in as much disarray as the Big Ten. And normally that's one of the conferences that you look to for strength and stability. And now they're, you know, last week they were floating out the idea of maybe starting football here on Thanksgiving weekend, which makes no sense whatsoever why you would play regular season games when, uh, you know, when the other conferences who are going to be playing the Pac or the Big 12, the ACC, the SEC are going to be doing conference championship games in December. That makes no sense at all. Uh, then you have the president Trump had called uh, Commissioner Warren on Monday, and they had a conversation, I guess, on Tuesday to discuss what the Big Ten's going to do. And you know feelings aside and all that stuff. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what sort of pressure uh, and what, it, you know, if the Big Ten's going to flip on the decision. But it's, I mean, the, the Big Ten is just a kerfluffle right now. It's a it's a cluster. And I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. We saw a football game this weekend. I think it went okay. Central Arkansas and Austin P. We're going to have a few games this weekend. And then, uh like the ACC really gets going into effect on uh, September 12th, so next week. Um, but, I mean, it, it is just weird. You, you you get so excited. We should be excited this week about a college football season. Like, it, yes, you know, everyone's starting. The Golden Gophers are going to be great again this year. And instead, we're just left with kind of a whole bunch of nothing, to be uh, 
perfectly honest. I mean, the fact that BYU and Navy is going to be the Monday night game on Labor Day, it just speaks to the overall sense of, like, what the hell is going on with college football and football in general this season. Trump called the Pac-12, or is he not interested in the Pac-12? Um, I don't know if he has called the Pac-12 yet. Uh, all Probably. I know is the Big... Probably. All I know is the Big Ten. Um, maybe the Pac-12 is on, on the docket, but right now it's just like the Big you Ten. Can't, you can't change your decision, so I, I don't want... I did last week. I was fine with what the Big Ten did. They canceled the season. A lot of conferences canceled the season. Okay, that's fine. That's probably the right move. Mm-hmm. What about the, um, these Nebraska players who are suing? They want to play. Like, I, I don't see spring football happening. No. But we're a couple weeks away from games, from, from actual games being played here for college football. It matter. So we'll see what happens. But, like, they're not going to change their mind, I don't think. And it's, it's, the, it's the presidents, not the ADs, not the coaches. Not the, not the commissioner, it's the president of these schools that are going to make this decision or made the decision to not have a season. And they're not going to change their mind now. And like you said, it's too late to do that. There's no, even if you said, yeah, if we're going to have a season, you couldn't start it until what, maybe 1st of October at this point? Already September 1st. Yeah. And by that time, you wouldn't have enough time to have games or enough games to, uh, to get into a college football playoff. Right? Unless, so, unless you do an eight-game season. So all of this about the president calling and changing their mind, it's too late for that. They made their decision. We're too late in the game and in the calendar for them to say, yep, we're going to start games October 1st, October 15th. We're done with that. We're mm-hmm. done. This is their decision. Accept it. And let's move on. And get ready for the spring. Stop with the fall. We're done with the fall. Concentrate on four months from now trying to get a season in. I, I, I think spring football is is just bad in general. I know we talked about last week with Purdue head coach, uh, what, Brom, and was saying, like, you started in January and stuff. It just, you got to forget if that. Gonna, like it, if you're going to do it, I'm fine with his idea to do it that way. But, like, if you're a player, why would you play in the spring? If you're an NFL draft pick, why would you exactly. do anything like that? Yeah. No. You know, it just it doesn't make sense any way you slice it. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, and I talked about this with Charlie last week. I want to get your thoughts on it. North Dakota State's playing Central Arkansas October 3rd. Just one game this season. Yeah. I mean, and they're going to showcase well, I, Trey I, Lance. It doesn't make a damn bit of sense in my mind. I mean, Trey Lance is a projected first-round pick. He's like the third-best quarterback in next year's class outside of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And I told Charlie I'm conflicted about it because he's from Marshall, so I don't know if I have, you know, like, oh, that'd be really cool to see him go. But, like, he didn't have an interception at all last season. Why would you – and not like it, – it's not likely that Central Arkansas would go up to Fargo and beat – the bison and would beat uh you know beat up on trey lance but what if something happens like what if you blow out your knee or something i mean the fact that you're doing one game this season it just it doesn't make any sense to me that ran it's like it really is a waste of time really that one game they're gonna play maybe in the spring we'll see what they do but 
well, if I had a spring, that's fine. But for Trey Lance, it's like there's really nothing to gain. There's nothing he's going to do in this game that's going to help him. No. There's nothing he can show against Central Arkansas that all of a sudden they say, oh, my God, I got to take this guy number one overall. But we'll see how good he is. I'm going to be skeptical of him just like I was the other guy. Yep. Carson yep. Wentz. And Carson Wentz has exceeded, far exceeded my expectations. He would, I would say he's a good quarterback. I thought he would be awful. But he's been, he's been very good yep. for, for the Eagles. We'll see what Trey Lance does. But there's really no reason to play a game. It's, well, it's just a one-off. Is are there any other couple other FCS schools doing that or, or not? It's, it seems. Well, I mean, like Missouri State. Missouri State's playing. Missouri State's playing Oklahoma, but I mean that's that's understandable. I mean that's a huge payday for them. I mean, there's nothing that far that North Dakota State is getting out of this. Um, yeah. So, other than you know, like a few, like some money, you know, for ticket sales and stuff for the few fans that will be able to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, I I don't know. It's apparently part of a three-game series. I, I would assume that they're going down to Central Arkansas one of the years. I think it's like in 2023 and 2025 that they're playing as well. I, I don't get it. I just, like, if you're going to play one game you would to showcase the talent, you would think you would want it against a big school. And, and Missouri State has a, it has a financial um, incentive to to play against Oklahoma, even though they're going to get shellacked, it's still, a, it, even then, what if someone, like, what if the right guard plays somewhat well against a good defensive tackle or defensive end from Missouri State, and, and then scouts maybe want to take a look at him? Like, you, the level, the caliber of talent that Missouri State's going up against is going to help their guys far more than anything that North Dakota State's going to see against Central Arkansas. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And, of course, they'd be the ones to do it, so. Uh, Leonard Fournette got released by the Jaguars on Monday after Yannick Ngakwe got traded. So, the purge in Jacksonville continues, and they are in line to draft our boy Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, Your boy. Your boy. How can you not be on the Clemson train and Trevor Lawrence? He's probably good. We'll see how good he is in the NFL. Okay. <clears throat> um, should we talk about my fantasy draft now, or do you want to wait with that? Sure, did you have? Yeah, okay. Um, so. Whole new team. A whole new team. A whole new team, yep. So I got the fifth overall pick in the draft on, the, on this draft I had Friday night. So let me. Uh, the, the guy who had Patrick Mahomes. Got the first overall pick, and he took Christian McCaffrey. So his team is very good, very loaded. He also got Amari Cooper and Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'm not better than that. Another guy got Ezekiel Elliott, Chris Carson, uh, Cooper Cup, Michael Gallup, Julian Edelman, and Michael Thomas. So that and Matt Ryan. So his team's pretty stacked. I think mine's okay. It's a PPR league. So I had the fifth overall pick. And so we had the first four picks were McCaffrey, Barkley, Dalvin Cook, and then Ezekiel Elliott. So who do you think I took with the fifth overall pick? Who was it? Okay, was it? Dalvin Cook was picked? Dalvin Cook went third. Ezekiel Elliott went fourth. Barkley went second. 
Uh, McCaffrey went first. So with the fifth pick, who do you think I went with? Shit, uh, even now was a running back? It was a running back, yep. Derrick Henry? Nope. Nope, I did not. He, uh, I went with, so, the, the one, like, Alvin Kamara was right there for the taking. I went with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yes, I was going to say, your guy from Kansas City. It's probably a... Re- It'll be a big boomer bust. We'll see what happens. We'll yep. see what happens with him. Yep, it, it, it certainly is going to be a big boomer bust. Uh, so then we do the snake thing. It's a 14-team draft, so it comes back around. I take Mike Evans in the second round. I need a good wide receiver. Then the third round comes, and Le'Veon Bell is just sitting there. And I'm like, okay, you know what? He might not get a bunch of touchdowns and, and yards, but if he can catch like six, seven balls a game, that's six or seven points for me, I'm going to take it. So I have Bell and Edwards Alaire for running backs. In this league, it, you start only one running back, two wide receivers, a flex, a tight end, and then your kicker in defense along with your quarterback. Then in the fourth round, I had a number of different, you know, like wide receivers I could choose from. Michael Gallup was available. I took Tyler Boyd, the wide receiver from Cincinnati, over him because I just don't. I think Dak Prescott is going to be spreading the ball around a lot here this year. He's got C.D. Lamb that he's got coming in, so I think Gallup's targets are going to drop a little bit. So that's why I went with. Boyd over him, but then I took Kyler Murray in the fifth round and Christian Kirk in the sixth. I think Kyler Murray's going to have a hell of a year this year. Uh, he your quarterback, then? He is going to be my quarterback. Yep. Uh, drafted Philip Lindsay, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Alexander Madison, and then Blake Jarwin's going to be my tight end. I think uh, he's going to have a big year this year. The tight end from Dallas. So it's not it's not a stellar team, but just those first five or six picks. I feel like it's going to be a competitive team, but certainly kind of a boomer bust on the Edwards Alaire and uh, Le'Veon Bell. It's a lot of younger guys, mm-hmm. and if Tyler Murray hits, then that's a guy you can keep there for quite some time. Was it sixth round, you said? Uh, fifth round. Fifth round to keep him, and uh, Edwards Alaire, yeah, we'll see. See if he uh, becomes a guy, anybody in Kansas City. Here's the best part, though, of they came up with my team name. And I've come up with, I think, my best fantasy name I've ever had. Mm. Fresh Prince of Bel Hilaire. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, I, it was, yeah that's, that's a solid little deal there. It just. Fresh Prince of Bel Hilaire? Yep. Yep. It's good. So. Ah, thank you. So I think that's the best part that came out of this draft. So we'll see how it goes. I was one of the worst teams last year. I hope to be middle of the pack this year. Um, and we have a fantasy draft next Tuesday. So. When is this? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. I think I'm. Hopefully. If I need to draft for you, I will. Um. Oh boy, let's take a game with your own volleyball schedule. That was, schedule. That was the concern that I had was if you had volleyball. I'm dealing with on Thursday this week. I think hopefully we're good. I, I probably won't be because I never am. What would that date be? That would be one day from today, September 8th. Yep. Yep, I'm not available. So, whatever. I like a draft for you. Um. 
do do whatever you want to do. I'll give you complete autonomy to pick whoever the hell you want to pick. Okay, I will do my best for you. Um, well, well, we'll figure that out. Yes. Yep. We'll we'll be in touch prior to that. Um. Okay. Uh, before we get into the other main story from last week involving the sports world, what the hell is going on with the Twins? Like, do they realize that there's only sixty games in a season? I mean, this is embarrassing at this point. Well, you know, they, were, they had the best record in the league last week, and now they lost six in a row. So, like, losing to Detroit's not good, and they struggled with Kansas City, and they blew a four-run lead last night against the White Sox. Like, they'll make the playoffs. They'll be a seven or eight seed at least. That's fine. Still can win the division. But, like, the, off- the offense just has not been good. Yeah. I mean, they obviously, they obviously overachieved last year with all of those home runs and pretty much everybody had a career type year mm-hmm. and now guys are not uh, Max Kepler not good Nelson Cruz he's, he's been the guy yep hasn't been his fault but Mitch Garver's hurt he was terrible Lady Rosario's been so-so uh, Buxton's never been good so I don't really can know Buxton's not good or he's hurt well, yeah he's always hurt and he's never been good so he returns tonight I don't have any you know, hopes for him because he hasn't been good for five years, so why would he turn it around now? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sano has been good. Sano and uh, Cruz, they have been their two best hitters. Uh, Blanco's been okay. Josh Donaldson has missed most of the season. He's back tomorrow. So, man, we got about 23 games to go. So, like, they'll make the playoffs. And the good news is, at least, I think, if they are the 7 and the 8 seed, uh, they hopefully will not play the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit what happens. I just don't want to play the Yankees in a playoff series for right. the first time in 10 years. Yeah. And was... the other team that we end up playing, if it's not the Yankees, it's Oakland. And there's a pretty good shot we might play Oakland. If we get, like, the seventh seed. So, if it's Oakland or Tampa, I'll, I'll take my shots in a three-game series against either of those teams. But I'm not I'm not giving up hope yet. Yeah, Chicago tonight, I got... Uh, a week in Chicago, I think it's uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks, they spend the entire week in Chicago. Yep, against, against the, White the White Sox and the Cubs. And the Cubs. Yep. They ended with the Reds, so I'm not giving up hope yet, but I don't make the playoffs, but I don't know. Kenton has been very good as a starter. Yep. Randy Dobnak has been good, but I don't know how long that lasts. Just everybody else needs to get better. Michael Pineda is back tonight, so he is much needed to do uh, pitch well like he did last year. I just I would say re- pitching is better. Pitching is better. Starting pitching is better this year. Uh, the, Taylor Rogers has not been good after a really good start, so that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. He has won multiple leagues in multiple games. I just remember that we had talked about uh, maybe it was last week. You had said like you can tell when Rocco Baldelli doesn't want to okay. win a game because of how he uses the bullpen. Well, it's now time to figure out how to use that bullpen because you, you're you over half done with the season. You need to figure stuff out. And, I mean, the, the division's still well within reach. They just need to figure out. I, I They just need to put it together. Again, this is not a marathon. This is a sprint this year, and they don't seem to be realizing that right now. I think they are, but they're just not beating. They're just not playing well. You know? 
He really wanted to win last night because he brought in his best pitcher, Tyler Duffy, in the fourth inning for Dick Mountain. So that was, <laughs> I mean, Rich Hill. Rich Hill's good for 50 pitches. Like, he, he's like, like, he's pretty good for 50, but then after that, he can, you know, call off the dogs and take them out. He's 40 years old after all. But uh, Tyler Duffy's their best reliever. They brought him in, and uh, he was using guys last night for multiple innings or at least. Uh, over innings, he would bring them back for another inning after maybe they got a batter or two in the previous inning. So that was good. They used all their good guys last night, the top five, and uh, they were okay, but then Taylor Rogers gave up the lead. So those five bullpen guys, I have a lot of faith in them, besides maybe Taylor Rogers at the moment. But, you know, yeah, well, last week is sucked. It did. It did indeed. Um, are the and, 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 and some moves, I mean, they didn't make a trade, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Could have had another starter. Mike Clevenger is a big pitcher that went. So it, I would like to see another starter or another arm somewhere. Um, but like the offense is struggling. They got plenty of bats in the minor leagues. Call them up wherever they're at, whatever they're doing in St. Paul or Target Field, wherever they're at. Mm-hmm. They got a couple guys, uh, Trevor Larnich, Alex Karolov, Brett Rooker, be their three best hitters. Call up some of those guys because the guys right now are not getting it done. So I don't know why they're why they're not making moves, at least offensively. Here with four weeks to go in the season, I I don't believe they are. But are the Rays really no. the best team in baseball? Yeah, they're really good. Nobody knows who's on that team. So I mean, they're really good. They're they're pitching. Just got a bunch of no names uh, on staff, and they're. Beating hell out of the Yankees, and it's good to see them in Oakland. Oakland's going to be off here for an extended period of time, but Tampa's uh, killing it right now. And I want to say they're the best, at least in the American League. That would uh, probably be accurate right now. They've won six straight games against the Yankees. Uh, Good. Meanwhile, the the biggest news that happened out of the trade deadline on Monday was Mike Clevenger, the starting pitcher for the Indians, getting traded to the Padres. Uh, so the Padres get a big ace for their staff. They didn't. They gave up a lot of substance, but they weren't any of their huge prospects, which is great for them. Uh, they didn't sell the farm, you know, for their future and everything like that. I looked at this, though, from the standpoint that the, that the Indians had to get rid of Clevenger. They had to move on from him after that hotel incident. Like, the, the teammate, his teammates didn't want him. They don't have faith in him. They don't, and that trust is, that bridge is burned. They're just never going to regain that trust back. So, this is a trade that they had to make, but for the Padres... I mean, you're going to go at it with the Dodgers here. They're going to attempt to do that for years to come with a trade like this. Yeah, I like the trade because they've got, they've got, as we said before, they've got too many pieces, too many prospects, and they're not all going to pan out. So may as well give some of them away here and uh, get get some guys who you know are good. And Carpenter, he's really good for four or five. So he's really good. He automatically becomes their best pitcher. And their pitching staff starting to take shape now. And uh, they're going for it here. Our Padres, they are going for it. Mm-hmm. And they made a lot of good moves. They were by far the most active team. They made about a half dozen trades. Uh, they got pitchers. They got relievers. Uh, they did things they wish the Twins would have done. So mm-hmm. I was really happy with what, what San Diego did. They yes. addressed their bullpen, which is a weakness. They got a number one starter. 
by far the best out there. And uh, they got a lot of the young players. Uh, Machado's doing well. He kind of gets overshadowed by Tatis, but Machado's been doing well. And uh, they finally got that number one pitcher. So how about your favorite? How about your favorite player, Eric Cosmer? How's he doing? He's a piece of shit. He's doing good this year. He's doing better um, this year, but he's still awful. Uh, Will Myers from Tampa. He's been with San Diego for a couple of years, and he's been a disappointment, but he's doing really well. So yeah, San Diego is a fun, exciting team, and they may uh, have the second or third best record in the league, but probably going to end up with the four seed. So they may have to see the Dodgers in the second round, but uh, that should be that should be a fun little series if that happens. Mm-hmm. And everybody's on to the Padres. I'm sorry, folks. That the train left. We uh, it, it's been a while for us, so it's it's too late now if you want to jump on this this brown and yellow way. Yep. We we talked about the Padres a, a, a time ago. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you want to try and get on, I mean, we can maybe see if it stops at. Uh, El Dorado Station, or I mean, maybe we can get there at Tijuana. Um, but otherwise, I mean, you're gonna have to pay a substantial amount of money to get on this uh, for for tickets to get on this train. There's only one stop on this train if you want to get on now, Stack. You know where we're gonna go send those people? Uh, to hell, and then uh, when they get there, they can say hello to Art Bryles. As I like to say, you can go to hell. <laughs> and uh, they can go, oh, no, we're, we're done with uh, bandwagon jumpers. So, we're done with it. I should get that, I should get that trademarked or something. Then go to Well, so. and, and, but then when they get there, they have to uh, say hello to Art Bryles. But that we'd have to get trademarked from the Dan Levitard show in Stu Gotts. Oh, yes. Very good. Um, so, last week, then, I and I don't want to get on this, like, the... the the totally politicized or political aspect of this. Last week we talked a little bit about the Kenosha shooting and stuff, and and you and I had the the, the I don't know distinct privilege. I don't think I would call uh-huh. it that of of talking with several different people on social media about this whole thing, and you know whether the whole point aside about you know committing the crime or shooting the like what are what's the cops supposed to do all that stuff. That we can that we can table or set aside. I mean, you're just going to have a whole bunch of people with a lot of different differing of of opinions, and you know, unfortunately, that just drives more of a divide across America. But we had recorded the podcast prior to Wednesday when the big shit went down with the Milwaukee Bucks protesting their game and choosing not to come out on the floor uh, for their game against the Orlando Magic. That sparked the Lakers and the Trailblazers. I believe it was the Thunder and the Rockets that also followed suit with the boycotting or the, the strike, however you want to call it. This spread then into Major League Baseball with some games getting canceled or postponed that night, Wednesday night. The NHL proceeded with their games. Matt Dumba, the defenseman for the Minnesota Wild, he didn't really like it. So then he and Evander Kane and the the Players Coalition for the NHL had meetings with uh, the NHL on Thursday. The NHL then postponed games Thursday and Friday. The basketball resumed, I believe, on Saturday. So all of this, uh, you know, and that's everything kind of in a nutshell. But what sports did last week is... Quite frankly, it's unprecedented. 
And it will certainly or has already rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and that's fine. Um, you know what? I don't necessarily... Do I wish it didn't have to come to this point and that's, that sports could just go on like normal? I do. But we are at a point in society, I believe, here where athletes, just like actors and actresses and even politicians, they have an enormous platform in which they can affect change in this country. They can be a spark. They can help ignite change, positive change within this country. They have a platform to like to get their message out to the masses and have people follow them and listen to them there is a there's a portion there's a slice of society that doesn't want to listen to um to these athletes and they just want to you know say shut up and dribble or whatever to which i say shut up and drive you know uh, you know your truck or shut up and you know grow the crops or and you know shut up and 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 uh, you know, bag groceries. Yeah, just do your job. I don't want to hear your political um, thoughts. Then, like that's like I just I don't think you can have that both ways. The, the athletes have a huge platform, so I applaud them for what they did. I wish it hadn't had to come to it, but we are where we are. I understand why they do it. A lot of Americans don't, but it seemed like they got a lot of. I would say. For the most part, I think it was overwhelmingly positive, but yet the the slice of people that didn't like it, very, very, very vocal. Yep. And the people that don't like politics and sports, what they really mean is they don't like people who disagree with their politics talking about it mm-hmm. when it comes to sports. Yep. We talked about uh, the president called the Big Ten today or this week. What happened to politics and sports? Act? I thought we weren't supposed to mix those two. I, I, what happened? I don't know. What happened? And, and people like that. They like that he called and want because they want their football back. Well, maybe if you wore a uh, a mask in, in June, June and July, maybe we would be at a better st- uh, point here. I thought we were supposed to keep that separate to politics and sports, but I guess it's not when um, you agree with what's going on. So as far as what they did good that what they did, I don't know if it's going to change anything, but I think it says something that, like, the politicians in this country are so chicken shit that we need basketball players to lead the way. Yeah. I mean, is, is that where we're at, that we need basketball players to, to lead the way because the politicians uh, don't care or not doing anything about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. And we got into some Facebook discussions with some folks, and well, one of the positives was there were a couple instances where I brought up something and uh, at least a couple of the people that I engaged with, um, at least they said, oh, I didn't see that, um, or I asked for some information, or they were wrong on a point, and I said, you appear to be wrong here. I tried to put it as nicely as possible and said, that's not what I found. I found this. Uh, can you find anything to support your point? And they would come back, and they didn't find anything, so at least that was... That was civil, and I enjoyed that. They just didn't say, nope, my thing is right, even though it's not. So mm-hmm. I, I'm glad there was a little uh, back and forth there. And then you get into the shootings of a Jacob Blake, and then you get to the 17-year-old kid that uh, killed two people. Yeah, it's just sad how some of those people think. And they just make fools out of themselves for the most part. And then, yeah, and then I had gotten into it, a, I wouldn't say got into it on Twitter with, 
but you know there were just points that were brought up and then I came I thought like I said I thought I won Twitter uh, my Twitter argument on was that Wednesday night or Thursday night um, just because if people are going to talk about LeBron James being a crybaby and stuff and like oh you know like oh I got to talk to LeBron on how to do my job no LeBron just wants you to think like he just wants you, you to have that humanity I mean Doc Rivers great gave a great um, post game uh, press conference or speech regarding you know, you know being black in America and you know saying that they just want to be loved and they don't feel like the country loves us back now and I, again I'm not I don't want to get into the political portion of it or the same like because I know that you know th- there are plenty of criminals out there and maybe don't commit crimes don't put yourself in those situations absolutely they should not be doing that I think there's a lot that we can do to help that within society um but at the end of the day, just be treated, you know, like you would anyone else. Have have that decency, you know. Live to, you know what? If you commit a crime, at least have your day in court, like that Kyle Rittenhouse is going to get. Um, I think that's just the basic sense uh, that people want. I like what Trevor Noah said, and then uh, I, my admiration for Jim Gaffigan has gone through the roof now. Uh, um, but I mean, it, it, it's just. They just want you to hear what they're experiencing, what they're feeling like. And it takes two to have that dialogue. And I would hope, you know, because I, I had even called out LeBron last week after Minneapolis had some issues with a false police report. And that led to another round of, of rioting and damage and looting and stuff. And that has no place. I have no, absolutely no respect for that sort of thing sort of protest or, or I guess it's more just looting and rioting that that to me has no place I don't care about that you I, I wish that more people would call that out um, I know they won't but that is that would be my hope on it but I do wish that they would say like, yes I understand like we know that we can't have you know people you know black people having all these out uh, like these outstanding warrants or have drugs and and stuff like that but their, their their basic ask is just that they don't get shot i mean that's at the, at the bottom line they just want people to realize that their lives matter just as much as anyone else in this country it's not a hard concept to understand there's that racial component of the black guy always, the unarmed black guy always getting shot. And then literally in the same town the next couple of nights, the black girl, the white kid at 17 years old at the age of 15 who shot some people, not only was he not shot at, not only was he not arrested, he wasn't arrested until the very next day. He got to go home at night. Mm-hmm. He killed two people, got to go home at night, sleep in his own bed. And then the police decided, yeah, we should probably arrest this kid. So just the huge differences in, in something that happened in the same city just days apart. And if you can't understand that, or if you try to defend one and not the other, then I think you're just an idiot and a moron, and you're part of the problem. I, and instead of it being, yep. yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. And it is a black and white issue because it seems to happen to more one uh, than the other. But instead of that, like you said, how do we just stop shooting people in general, regardless of color, uh, when they don't appear to be a situation in which force needs to be uh, needs to be administered. From what the video that we saw with Jacob Blake uh, 
shooting him, does that, 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 that seem right to you or me? No. Does it seem like the situation got to a point where we need to shoot this man seven times? No. I, it did not get to that point. And I, don't, I don't know if that's... So people disagree on that. And then they bring up his past history of domestic abuse and drugs and whatever charges he had, which isn't good. But no, it's in not. this situation, like what, what happened in this situation in which you could say... Yeah, I probably would have shot this guy a half dozen times. I don't see that. You don't see that. People we talked to did see that, and they said, yeah, he should have listened to police. He should have been shot. I don't believe it came to that point, but that's what happened, and that's where we disagree. And I certainly don't uh, envy the police officer situation here. I mean, they have to make decisions uh, at a split second here, um, and, and I don't know from that vantage point what the police officer saw. I, You know, if you're... Like I say, if you need to shoot someone, and you, I mean, he had, he was pulling on him and stuff, like, you know, just shoot him in the leg or shoot him in the arm. You don't have to, at it, in that point where we deem that the threat was not there, um, no. the, the, the shooting to kill or like putting seven, you know, shooting him seven times or shooting at him seven times in the back, it just doesn't. It just doesn't seem like that's the right way. Now, again, like if you're chasing down someone and they go down a corner and you have to like have your guard up and stuff, and you know what? If if that if there were a situation like that, that is complete. That's a completely different situation there, and I completely would understand going at it at that a different way. This just this doesn't seem to to fit that narrative. Um, and it's and there was a, there was a knife in it. He was, he was I don't know if he was going for a knife. I don't think that's been determined yet. But he did have a knife in his vehicle. Okay, uh, he's got two armed police officers surrounding him. I don't know. He's not going to do any damage. He had his three kids as well in the in the vehicle. So we should mention that three young kids. But but for that to happen, I just don't know where we got as a society that people defend that and say. Yeah, that's okay. He, he can probably shoot the guy. He wasn't listening, so let's shoot him. Like, how did we get there? And then I brought up all of the other countries, because I always bring up, what do other countries do? Whether it's with guns, whether it's with police, whether it's with the coronavirus, why are we the only country that have not figured the guns out, the police out, and the coronavirus out? What did they do that we don't? And then you look at them, and then you go, oh, they go to college, like a college for cops for three to four years. Mm -hmm. And you study to become a cop. You don't just become a cop in three or four months, like we see what happens in Minneapolis. Uh, you have to go to school for years to become a cop uh, because it's a very important job, and you can't, cannot have bad cops. And then you look at the numbers of people that are shot by police in this country compared to other countries, and it's very comparable to how many people die in this country of a virus compared to how many people are dying in other countries uh, of a virus that's been around for much of the year. So for whatever reason, we are too stubborn or too stupid to look at other countries and figure out our own problems, uh, which is just stupidity on stupidity that uh, this, this coronavirus doesn't have to be around right now. Other countries have basically eliminated it to where it's a, a non-factor, mm -hmm. where maybe 10 or 12 people die a day, which is manageable, we, not a thousand. We are big. I don't know what, how, we're so stupid, we're yeah. so dumb. We are a bigger country than some. That's what some people say. We have far more people. It's not as easy. You know, like you can control more, you know, like in New Zealand or Australia or something. That's what the argument that, could, that could be made. But Florida's got 
20, 30 million people, Florida, do something. Like New York, New York was bad at the beginning. I think New York's pretty good right now. I think they have, <clears throat> I don't know if it was 100,000 tests in a certain amount of time. At 100,000 tests and their positivity rate was less than 1%. That's manageable. Mm-hmm. You can manage that. Here in South Dakota, we got a lot less people than that. We're all-time record high here over the next week. So when you have somebody like the South Dakota governor who says, you don't have to wear a mask, it doesn't make a difference. We don't know if masks work. That reminds me of the uh, global warming arguments. We don't know if the science behind global warming is, is accurate. Yeah, we do. It's happening, <laughs> and we're not going to do anything with it. And masks help, so why wouldn't the governor of South Dakota say, you know what, we want to fight this thing. Uh, we have the Sturgis Rally, we have schools and colleges opening. Uh, she says she expected a spike right around now. Well, if you expected that, why would you not come out and say, everybody, mask up. We know it's going to go up, but we want to limit uh, our peak. Wear a mask. And she has not done that because, in my opinion, uh, she wants to appeal to those voters who like uh, wearing a mask. Yeah. it's yeah. It's, everything has just gotten so politicized and political like people are having to choose sides and stuff and like you know what i don't like that we are talking about this sort of thing that we have to talk about you know a a lockout or a you know the boycott of games and stuff i don't like that we have to talk about that on on this on this podcast or in society in general and that could just creates you know the art some people could say well you don't have to talk about it well we are it is sports related and then that leads into uh you know just the certain tentacles of the situation that's going on and that leads into the political aspect of it 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 all just sucks it just sucks uh i want to just be able to go back i want us to be like talking about who we have as the four teams in the college football playoff this year we shouldn't even be talking about the nba or the nhl or if we are if we do have to talk about the nba we should be talking about jamal murray and the performance that he's had in this series against the the utah jazz we should be talking about how the you know the oklahoma city thunder have somehow forced a game seven against the rockets i mean we should be talking about uh you know the 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 Colorado Avalanche and Dallas Stars series and how entertaining that that has been. My New York Islanders. Yes. What about my Islanders? Yes, your Islanders and how like they're going to take down the top seed Philadelphia Flyers, which dude, they shouldn't have even been a top seed to begin with. Like we should be talking about all just the games and and stuff. Instead, we instead there are these other things that are distracting us from the games. And that's what sucks. Again, we should be focused on college football this year. The baseball season should be in its final month of their regular season. And re- I should say regular, regular season. We should be looking at you know the hunt for October and the playoffs and stuff. And like what the Twins are going to do if they're still in it at this point. We should be looking at that. And instead, we just... It, everything is getting distracted and people are saying no I'm not going to watch sports and if you are in that that field you know what that's fine that's your decision but don't come back uh, I mean that like just st- sports will continue without you if you say you're not leaving like I just don't I don't I can't treat you as a true fan if you're leaving because of all of this stuff I understand if you don't necessarily agree with everything that's going on but you have to understand it from other just understand from other people's perspective do you have to agree with it no 
just look at what's going on. That's my that's my plea. That's 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 all I'm asking. I'm trying to be a civil about this, and and not let the emotions get caught up and everything. But that that's all I'm asking. But things have gotten so bad that the leaders of this country, who are supposed to be the leaders, they didn't do their jobs. So now it's up to other people, athletes, whoever else, to say, let's do something because the people that we voted in, the people that are supposed to be the leaders, the police, the sheriffs, the politicians, the governors, the presidents, Congress, they don't do anything. So now it's up to the people to do things. And you can like whoever you like and dislike whoever you want. Uh, for the most part, you're not, you're, your life is not really too much affected, honestly. Like, I didn't like George Bush. thought he was a, not a good president. My life really wasn't affected by him too much, despite 9-11. I didn't go overseas. I didn't know anybody who went overseas. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my, my life wasn't affected by George Bush as president. My life wasn't affected a whole lot with Obama as president. Um, your, your life has been affected by this president. Pretty much unanimously. And pretty much for the worse. Whether it's your job, whether it's just your daily habits of what you wanted to do, you couldn't go to the gym for a couple months. Maybe it's, it's uh, just your interactions with, you know, family members or you know friends and stuff. Like it's everything has just become so hostile now. It's become so hot, I think, because we've got somebody who's so incompetent in charge, and yet a lot of people like him. And then we look at that and we think, how can you like this man who has every negative attribute you could list off of a person? And he's got pretty much every one of them. And it seems like the more nasty he is, the more they like him. And then it gets to that point where like, you don't want to be around people that like him. It's like, what, what is it in you that you admire this guy when I hate this guy? Mm-hmm. And when you can put a lot of the problems that are going on right now on this man, and, I, I'll never understand that. And at the same time, too, there we can't assume that we're right about everything in this. This is our opinion. We're just—it's—it sucks. It just there's no other way around it. I would say, like, if you if you have some time, uh, listen to the Trevor Noah thing that he did. I have it up on Facebook. It was very good. And then. Uh, if you have 20 minutes, and if you're open to like just looking at things from a grand scope of things, it's going to lean more towards like, hey, the the WTF is going on here, and how can you believe these uh, what they would deem lies and stuff? But uh, John Oliver on last week tonight, a uh, very good 20 minute clip uh, you can find on the internet. It's very good to me, um, and my opinion will certainly vary. And differ from others out there but I found that to be very good maybe because it was leaning more towards my thoughts and was aligning more with it but I, I looked at those two as being very well reasoned thoughts and arguments and laying out with the facts at least that that we have some of the facts that we have out there and I thought that it, it was worth a listen so that would be what I would say. I talked to one lady at work today, and she saw my Facebook post this week. Says you're voting for Biden. I'm like, yeah, I, I vote for him. 
She thinks Trump is going to win again, which is unfortunate, but I, I don't think he is. And we were talking there a little bit, and I just mentioned, like, how, how, how much worse can it get? And she's like, well, you know, coronavirus wasn't his fault. And I'm like, sure, it wasn't his fault. But what has he done to stop it? He hasn't done much to stop it. <clears throat> and then I said, look at all these other countries. They stopped it. And she says, yeah, that's weird. I'm like, well, what did they do? We shut down for a few weeks. We shut down for like a month and a half. But we obviously didn't shut down enough or long enough. Those countries did, and now they're fine. They can have all their things. Mm-hmm. I'm watching a basketball game here in bumfuck Florida in front of a bunch of jackasses on a video screen. <laughs> and that's the way that's going to happen for the next month here while these NBA playoffs go on. That's why there's nobody at these football games and nobody at these baseball games. It's like, it's, it's such incompetence and we're lucky enough to get to live in this time. So that's great. I did write a thing about uh, the governor of South Dakota sent that out so glad people have seen that now like she's all over this mess thing that we all made a joke about in November rightfully so because it's stupid just the way she approached it and the slogan she used and if I could get the quote here for you if you saw this the meth were on it (laughs) meth were on it were on it yeah one of the quotes that she had uh, South Dakota governor had back in November one of the things that she said was it was amazing what she said and you could apply the same thing here to this virus word for word just change meth to coronavirus here's what she said what it's talking about is that each one of us no matter who we are that we're on the case of meth that we're protecting our family we're protecting our friends we're protecting our communities from this epidemic that we see that's what she said around thanksgiving when they release that meth campaign. I'm just going to say the same thing and replace one word in it. And this is what she should say about this virus. She she should say, what it's talking about is that each one of us, no matter who we are, that work on the case of coronavirus, that we're protecting our family, friends, communities from this epidemic that we see. Why can't she say that? She said the exact same thing about meth, and I gave the stats about who's affected by meth and how many people died, how many uh, people overdosed on drugs in general, and then you give the coronavirus the stats, and they unbelievably dwarf meth. So she gave a shit about meth, not so much about the virus. So it's very, there, there's no leadership. There's no leadership at all in the states uh, at the very top. So it's, she was pushing for schools to open uh, with no requirements for kids to wear masks. She left it up to the schools themselves, which is okay. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I, like, what, what, is the, what is the bad part? What is the worst that could happen if she could say, everybody wear a mask. If you're going to school, wear a mask. If you're going to Walmart, wear a mask. Walmart requires a mask. Why does it have to be up to these businesses? Uh, some do, some don't. And now, now we're spiking. We're... we're Unbelievably, or maybe not so unbelievably, we're six months into this. We're seeing the biggest numbers we've ever seen, at least in the state. And it is, it's an embarrassment. An absolute embarrassment. Well, I think we could, we could maybe blame Sturgis for that. But. Yeah, and she said, yeah, I just have it. Like, in, in, what, in what reality was that a good idea? Um, 
2020 reality? Yesterday, because we were in Northwest Iowa for a funeral, middle of nowhere, and we see, I saw some Trump signs and flags, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is embarrassing. And I see those, and it's like, what? what is it about that, that they love this guy so much? Have you ever seen any any character, any athlete, anything? Somebody who has been as terrible as he has, but people at his, people that love Trump love him more than anybody I've ever seen. I, I got nothing. Would that for be you. accurate to say? Would that be <laughs> accurate that a lot of people hate him, but man, people that love this guy, God, they would die for him. They would die for this this crook, this cheat, this liar. They would, they would do anything. They would risk their own lives for this stupid piece of shit. And that would be accurate, would it not? Uh, I, I would say probably. Because I can't probably. think of another... I can't think of another example. At least. One of, one of the things that somebody posted that I kind of agree with is that he says things that are obviously not good. And I think that gives them an excuse to also have those thoughts. They have those thoughts, but they've always been said, those are bad thoughts. Don't think those, don't say those. Mm-hmm. Trump said okay for people to say Mexicans are rapists. Things about it's okay to shoot a black person unarmed. Like he, if, if the president says it, be okay. And I think that's a big part of it that they are now deemed, hey, it's okay. We have somebody that's the president, which is supposed to be an important job and prestigious. He's saying things. I can say those things now. I don't want wrong people in my town. That's what he thinks. I can think that too. So I think that's a lot of it. And, uh, that, and, so and that's where you lead to LeBron James and and the these athletes who are trying to spread that message out. So I, it, just, it just sucks. 2020 sucks. We need 2021 to get here and, and hope something changes. Because 2020 sucks. Anything else before we say so long? Alright. Uh, two months to the election and like it, it's, I think it's good where the election stands right now where we still got two months so that'll be exciting. But yeah, dude, the baseball goes on. Um... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just so fed up with everything. As could probably be evidence of my social media the past week. Join, join the Excuse club. Me. I think we're all just at this point just fed up and it, quite frankly, exhausted. I'm just exhausted at this point. Yeah, like I, I always wondered what he would do if he would have won because I never thought he would. And now we have the answer. And like, I, I don't want to know if he wins again. What's going to happen in four years? Could you imagine? Yeah, let, I, I, I honestly, Krenz, I don't want to talk about it. I just don't want to talk about it or think about it. Four years of this, where I, we stand right I, now, I, could you I, imagine? I, I don't. I, I just, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. Don't want to talk about it. it. We're just gonna. We're just gonna see what happens. That's where I'm at right now. I'm just. That's where I'm. I'm, I'm there. It's well, it's just gonna be alive, though, so. it's it's just a remarkable time to tell, tell, tell Noah when he grows up. Say Noah, you were born uh, uh, at, a, at a hell of a time in history, kid. You you were, and thank goodness he doesn't recognize it, and hopefully won't remember yep. it. Yes. Well, oh. Yowza. All right, my friend. Well, uh, you. I will, say this. 
I think Boston's coming out of the East. Yeah, you know what, Miami? What the hell happened to Milwaukee? Like maybe they'll win that series. They lost the first game to Orlando, crushed them after that. Um, like Jimmy Butler, everybody was all excited about Jimmy Butler last night, but like he's not a number one on a championship team. He could be a number two, but he's not the best player on a championship team. I don't think so. And everyone's saying, oh, the Timberwolves got rid of them, and the Sixers got rid of them. It's like, oh, yeah, because those teams didn't meet expectations. Oh, the Bulls got rid of them. Yeah, I remember when he was with the Bulls. He was a great player. He was an all-star. The last two years with the Bulls, they were also the eighth seed and the ninth seed. So, yeah. yeah. Huge difference Jim Butler made for the Bulls. As good as he is, I couldn't give a shit if we're the worst team in the league or we're the eighth or the ninth seed. Honestly, to me, it's all the same. Yeah, and either way, it's going to be a team out of the West that probably wins it all. Yeah, but. probably the Lakers. Um, no, that yeah, Utah Denver series that's been that's been fun. But that team tonight, Utah and Denver, it's on ABC. Mm-hmm. It is first time ever, basically, since NBC and ABC or since ABC and ESPN has gotten the NBA back in '02. Yep. First time they've ever had a non-finals playoff game on during the week. Yes, that that would make sense. Yep. Because it's always been on ESPN or TNT, even yep. the conference finals. Yep. ABC doesn't do playoffs until the finals, which is a big change from NBC because NBC had all these playoff games on all the time. So this is for, for whatever reason, I don't know. Something to fill the schedule, I guess. Well, yeah, I, I, I just don't think they have. You know, normally you're you're competing against your prime time lineup. Uh, if you were doing it in April and May, you, they don't have that this year. So that's yeah. exactly why. Well, we'll see what happens. Never been a fifty point game in a game seven, so we'll see if that changes. Yeah, then he would have three fifty point games in a series, which would be the first time in playoff history that that happens. And I do, I do owe you a Buffalo Wild Wings meal. Yes, yes you do. I'm sorry that the Trailblazers couldn't get the job done. No, first game was good. Um, Lillard, he was out, and I was, I was curtains for them. So, good effort, good job. Now, now we move on to the real things. Yes, we do. And, and, and Houston, what a joke the Rockets are. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Why is it that the team that Russell Westbrook is on always loses? Well, he's not playing, though, uh, in this series. At least he didn't play the no, first he, few games. Yeah, he played. I mean, he's, he's been out. Now he's finally back. He played. Yep. Like, I know he played last night. Yep. He, yes, he but did. Yep. For such a, you know, a talent like him. I mean, Oklahoma City's doing better without him. Yeah. Who the hell saw that coming? They're doing better without him. I don't know. Brophy doesn't understand either. He's whining no. on. Will you prepare for uh, you know for the NFL coming up this next week? Here, uh, we'll we'll see what we can do uh, on the fantasy side of things. Um, <clears throat> we'll 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 figure something out. We'll be in touch. You have a nice relaxing week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. What time will the draft be? Seven thirty ish. Okay. Yeah, you can pick for me. I don't know if you have the ability to. Uh, Log in on a computer. I, and yeah, I'll have a computer in front of me. I'll do volleyball. I think I can. I think maybe I did last year. Mm-hmm. I can probably, I'll probably, yeah, be able to do it. If not, we'll, we'll figure something out. We'll for sure be in touch think, prior to that. Yeah, I think I think I can maybe pull it off. So. Yeah. 
All right. Well, you have a nice week, a great Labor Day weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Don't forget to mention the pork chops to Hildebrand if you have not done it. Oh, pork yes, pork yes. Chops. I'll have to. Re- uh, I'll try and remember, but this brain is awfully forgetful lately. All right. Pork chops, Charlie. Pork chops. All right. Thank you, Grins. All right, I'll see you later. Travis Grins joining us here, Sports Block Podcast, and as he uh, so eloquently spoke, what a what a time to be alive. It is it is just exhausting to to think about everything that's going on and kind of just void of a lot of emotions and stuff right now. Or that you want to, but then you just think of the fight that ensues. It's just it sucks. Uh, what else sucks is that the twins have lost as of the recording of this podcast six in a row. Doing this on Tuesday night, uh, but the great news: Yannick Ngakwe is a Viking. That helps the Vikings' defense. It will improve their positioning for the playoffs. Um, and hopefully, playoffs if this season actually happens. And we hope that it does. But Aaron Rodgers better be having... Uh, he better, he's going to have some nightmares. Thinking of Ngakwe and Hunter crashing down on him next week at U.S. Bank Stadium in front of no one. Sadness. We do have more college. We have some college football to talk about here. We'll bring Charlie on for that. We'll try and talk uh, hockey with Marcus here as well. That's all coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast, now available on podcast.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Krins at Travis Krins, Facebook, Nathan Stacken, a link to the podcast. Normally, later to middle to later part of each week, last week later on a Sunday. We'll try and get it up earlier this week. Coming up next, though, college football talk. We'll talk about Austin P in Central Arkansas. And is the Big Ten actually going to join the college football season? Good thoughts on that with Charlie Hildebrand. Next, here on the Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, we have some college football to talk about and do that. Bring in my good friend from the Northwest Iowa Review. Is that correct, that's Mr. Correct. Charlie Hildebrand? Yeah. Yes, I remember from from last week, so that's good news. Charlie, how are we doing? I'm good. good. I mean, if we really want to get specific, I could say that uh, all of the letters in review are capitalized, but you don't have to sit like yell review. Okay. Say. Well, that's good. Uh, before we get into the college football here, um, Travis had mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and I forgot. You... Uh, wrote about you. You went to what's this story about you and pork chops? Oh man! So there's a guy that I work with who just kind of knows all the good food places. Mm-hmm. And there's a gas station in Hull, Iowa, which is about 15 miles from Shelton. And I should say it's like right next. To, there's a co-op that owns it, so they you know have meat right there so they get the meat fresh at the gas station from you know this place right next door okay but that they made roasted pork chops we hadn't even had one that said they were supposed to be good so i was like and i was headed to hall and was like hey ty is there any good place to eat there i'll be there at lunchtime he's like oh you should try this so i went there and they didn't have any pork chops they did have hamburgers and i thought oh a gas station hamburger probably not that great I'm not saying it was like the greatest hamburger ever. It was mm-hmm. probably the best gas station hamburger I'd ever had, though. 
to show like quality of, I guess, meat wise for a gas station at least. Mm-hmm. And then there was just like four times that the next three or four times I was either in Hull or driving through Hull on the way to somewhere else. It was like, oh hey, let's stop there and see if I can get one of these roasted pork chops. And they just were always they were either out or they were close. I went there once on a Sunday. It was actually, I got back from the 4th of July mm-hmm. and uh, forgot, I turned my air conditioning off when I should not have done that. Nope. I should have just set it for a higher temperature. When I got back in my apartment, it was so damn hot <laughs> that I was like, I gotta leave, so I'm just gonna drive to this place and maybe I get that pork chop and got there and it was closed on Sunday. So oh no. That's why I was sad. So anyways, we have to do a take five, which is just the idea is that you write a non- news story about something that's short and would take someone like five minutes to read. Sure. Which I've done a few of. I think the ones that I've done that have got the most traction was one about how uh, Tiger King was crazy. Like, right after it came out, I did take five on that, but like over a thousand people. Oh, wow. Read, which was weird. It was like, wow, I didn't know that many people would read it. Yep. But anyway, so I did a take five about like, oh, man. I've been trying to find this pork chop, and it was not like a negative, like, how dare you not have this. It was more like, man, it's like Charlie Brown kicking a football. I just keep missing it, you know? But one of these days, I'm going to get one. Yep. And, like, the next day or the day after, I got an email from a guy who works there, and he's just like, hey, yeah, I mean, let's set up a time, and you can come, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll give you one, and it'll be great. And, uh, We'll link your article on our social media place, and it'll be fun. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't think this was going to happen. And uh, went there and got it, and thankfully it was really good. I remember being there and being like, oh, man, if this tastes bad, this is going to be so disappointing. Right. I'm going to have to pretend it's good and eat the whole thing still. It's like the magic elixir. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, that was not the case, though. And they, uh, yeah, so me and the guy who recommended it that I worked with, Ty. Mm-hmm. Both went and both got a uh, a free pork chop that we ate, and they were uh, quite tasty. And so have you gone back since then and gotten another one that you've actually had to pay for? I've been back to that gas station since then. I've not gotten a pork chop because I have not been there at, like, hours eating-wise. Okay. But since they, since they did go out of their way to give me one, if I'm, like, even remotely going to be in the area and eat gas or eat a pop quick i'm like oh yes i am stopping at the the cynics gas station in Iowa. stop there to get today to get gas on the way back from uh cross country and volleyball okay well then uh, that's a that's a very cool story i'm glad you got your pork chop and it was just kind of it's kind of cool how everything worked out i'm trying to figure and out if you want to read about it with a little bit more detail if you mm-hmm. go to uh northwest iowa and then nwestiowa.com and in the search bar type in Charlie Hildebrand or take five pork job it'll, it'll show up there. Okay. there's more detail that I didn't want to go into as much sure. because you know I figured we were probably going to talk about football yes, yes we are so I'm going to try and segue here uh, from uh, pork chop let's go to the Razorback State uh, because oh, I like it uh, <laughs> We did have a college football game last weekend. Last weekend was supposed to be, you know, week zero, kind of kicking it off and everything. And, you know, everyone's kind of sad about regarding the state of college football this year. Uh, but we did get treated to Austin P and Central Arkansas, which, you know, FCS game, not, not the best of teams. Overall, it was very good. 
uh, opening play. He had a 75-yard touchdown run, so that was that was nice to see. Uh, Central Arkansas ends up winning 24-17. How much of the game did you watch? What were your overall thoughts? And what was your overall level of excitement? Being like, yes, at least we're wa- I'm able to watch this FCS college football game. I watched about half of it, but not like just the first half, on and off, as I was doing other things at the same time, which I kind of, I miss, I don't want to sound like too complaining about it, because it was fun to watch it, but I do miss when there's like five games, you can be like, oh, I'm going to turn to this one and see what's going on here. Yep. Um, It was good. I, you know, unfortunately, I think the first play was the one that piqued my interest the most. It was still fun to watch after that, but... It was a little downhill after the, uh, the 75-yard touchdown on the triple option out of the shotgun. Um, but it was good. I liked watching it. I, I also watched, like, the last quarter and overtime of the high school game. I don't remember if it was on the same channel on ESPN or not. There was some team in Ohio and some team in Indiana, and it uh, went to overtime. Okay. But I watched that, too. And, but, yeah, I, uh, I was glad it was back. I enjoyed it. And uh, for Action Movie Saturday, we actually did not watch an action movie to celebrate high school. We watched Varsity Blues, so I watched Varsity Blues along with uh, two actual real football games later that day. So it was a pretty good Saturday, all in all. What about, uh, where does Remember the Titans rank among your all-time favorite uh, sports movies and also football movies? Football would be very high. There are not very many good football movies. You could count them on one hand. Sports movies, it would still be high, but not as high. There's a lot of other... I think there's probably the most good baseball movies off the top of my head. I mean, I could be missing... I'm trying to think, just in general. I mean, I suppose, depending on your thoughts on the Rocky movies, of which there's like eight of them. Mm -hmm. You know, there's also a fair amount of boxing movies, but... There are, and there's some good basketball ones, but I think baseball probably has the most good. So I would say, remember the Titans probably not in the top five. It might make the top ten. A downside is that apparently the guy that Denzel Washington played in real life was like really not a good person. I don't know the details more than that, but I remember listening to some podcast about Remember the Titans, and they were like, "Yeah, oh, this this isn't fun to say that he was like a fairly terrible person in real life," but. I, I don't know what he did. I don't remember, but yeah, but it was still a good movie, and I enjoyed it. Okay, uh, let me. Okay, where where was I going here now with this? Okay, so this week, you know, it's supposed to be like we're. It's supposed to be the official kickoff of college football, and we're not going to get that. We do have several games this week, though. A couple on Thursday, and then six on Saturday. Three of which will be on ESPN. And then Monday night, we get BYU and Navy on ESPN. So that'll be nice. But it's still just like... uh, uh, How do we get excited about this? You know what I mean? Like, it's great that college football's back, but it's such a weird year. It just doesn't seem like it should be football. Even though the the page is turned to September, just with everything going on here. Where's that level of excitement for the college football season given the way everything has kind of panned out? I think it's safe to say it's probably not as high mm-hmm. for most people. Um, I do think it would help dramatically 
if that uh, Navy BYU game on Monday was like some of the Sunday or Monday night games we've seen the opening weekend the last few years, like that uh, Texas Notre Dame Texas is back triple overtime game, where even though neither team ended up being any good, it was still an amazing game, mm-hmm. and we didn't know neither team was any good at the time. But I think it would help a lot if that was a game that I think would probably just draw the highest number anyways because those two teams have been fairly successful for the last 10 or 15 years. Yep. If it basically started, if, if Navy gets an option on the opening play and it ends up being like a 38-35 game where they go back and forth, I think that would be the best thing in terms of getting people excited again where it's like, oh yes, I remember these two teams that watched it before. Yes, Navy still runs the triple option. Yes, BYU has all these 26-year-old guys playing for <laughs> And it's just you know, one of those games where you're just like, oh man, one of these teams is going to lose. And I'm going to feel bad for them, but it's so fun watching this. So then after this week, we, where we get a few games, then you know the, the following week, it really kind of gets going here with a bunch of ACC games, and we have some big 12 teams that are are playing as well so again it's not a full slate like we would have on a normal year but at least you get you know like Syracuse in North Carolina uh Iowa State's playing here well we'll see Baylor Duke and Notre Dame are on like that's gonna be fun and exciting so at least we'll have that here Uh, of course that's on ABC um so we are gonna see that which is great but you know, with North Carolina State having to postpone their opening game towards Virginia Tech, I have to think that there's going to still be a little bit of cautious optimism that the games will still be able to be played, but also some skepticism that COVID is going to eventually wipe out some of these games, if not the entire season. I think that's probably fair to say. I think it would be naive to think that no teams are going to be offended like a couple players having to sit out. I think it would be, I mean, I don't remember how many conferences, but certainly as of now, the Big 12, the SEC, and the ACC are playing. I don't remember how many of the five group of five conferences are playing, but I would imagine there's at least five or six conferences still playing. And to think that, you know, if they average about 10 to 12 teams, you know, we're talking 60 or 70 teams here. To think that none of them would have issues with it is incredibly unlikely. Mm-hmm. But I think I do think it's reasonable to hope that it doesn't get that bad, and that you know maybe we'll get lucky and there won't be that many, and that the ones that do, you know, are able to quarantine and get rid of it and not have the problem anymore. I mean, that's maybe maybe being too optimistic, but I don't think that it's you know impossible or anything either well i haven't heard anything and i guess i haven't like been paying too close of attention but in the immediate aftermath of central arkansas and austin p i mean is there a a growing concern that anyone was going to get covid or you know how soon they were going to test and you know see the symptoms i guess it can be upwards of a week to 10 days but any did you hear any concern at all after those two teams played about what could potentially happen to them I don't remember hearing concerns. I think I remember, and take this with a grain of salt, but I'm pretty sure I remember seeing somewhere that uh, Austin P. Uh, didn't have a the day after, at least. They did tests and nobody, and somebody couldn't still have gotten it. I, I mean, I don't know how long it takes 
to show up. But at, at the start, that's at least a good sign to start with, I think. Yep. Yes, it is. And so I mean, anytime you can test multiple people and the number comes back zero, I think that's always good. Mm-hmm. I know, that's a real hot take, and I'm going out on the limb <laughs> and saying that I'm, I'm anti-coronavirus, but... No, no, it's uh, it, it it's a good take, and it's I think it's reasonable. We we just don't know what's going to happen here with them playing football. We don't know what's going to happen in the NFL. We don't know what's going to happen in college campus. I mean, we're seeing the coronavirus, you know, spike in, on campus in many states. Um, certainly, ones you know, the hot spots being like Alabama, North Carolina State. Um, I think I saw like Utah State had a recent outbreak, so it's not like it's going away, you know, with college campus because college kids want to party and have fun and stuff. You know, yes, I think they do need to accept a, a higher degree of responsibility, but college kids are going to be college kids, and that's just a fact. Yeah. Uh, well, it's great. And in addition, I, I don't think we've said this specifically before, but said not the same as partying per se. It's also great to say be social distant, but, you know, good luck having a bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-old single men not be like, hey, let's go over to the girls' side of the dorms and see what they're up to right now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not not how guys are wired. Well, it, well uh, most guys. It's just, like, it's just the socialization and stuff that you want to do within, within well, college. I mean, I, I, true, but I, I've been more like the, the chasing tail side oh, of the college yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, it's true. I mean, that still technically counts as socialization. I it, it does. <laughs> um, but let's get to the heart of the matter here. The Big Ten continues to be in disarray. Uh, three different. I think it's a good word to use. I would agree with that. Nor, uh, it's been the conference normally of stability and leadership, and right now it's void of any of that. Uh, so, are you saying they're not being good legends and leaders right now? Yeah, I would, that's a very good uh, way to, to, to put it, I would say. Three separate items here to get to within the Big Ten. We'll start with last week, where all of a sudden they're talking about maybe trying to start the season Thanksgiving, and which doesn't make a damn bit of sense because you would still be playing regular season games while you know the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Twelve are doing their championship games, and then you know subsequently bowl games and the and the the, F, the the FBS playoffs and stuff. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense why you would start on Thanksgiving and play your season unless you were trying to get into the playoff. Regardless, I, I just don't understand that start date. When you heard that, what did you think? I wasn't as opposed to it as you are. I think that's more from the side of. If you're starting a month and a half later, you just can't be like, hey, guess what? We want to be included in the playoff also. I don't know if that's what their thought process is, but I think it would have to be. It would have to be like, yeah, we're literally just doing this so we can get some games and get television revenue to make sure like schools aren't cutting every single you know, Olympic sport. Mm-hmm. I just don't see where they can get though, like for bowl eligibility and stuff to be to start I on Thanksgiving. Just wouldn't, I, I I don't know because I mean we can get into other stuff. That the, there's some people that are saying all of this is just purposely leaked by Big Ten coaches to try to get people to be like, yes, we must play to force presidents of the uh, Big Ten hands. I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard some people say that, but. 
I think he would just have to say, like, yeah, I mean, we're doing this to get five games where we're going to get somebody. Mm-hmm. So instead of cutting, you know, one sport or like two sports and, a, and 60 jobs, we hopefully aren't cutting any sports and we're only cutting 12 jobs now. Sure. Like, I, and I, I could be wrong. Maybe they do have some pie in the sky, you know, outlandish idea of like, oh, we're going to play – we're going to play two games, and then we're going to play in the playoffs, and we're going to get in. Mm-hmm. We'll be playing two games, and then we're going to play seven more games after that. That would be really dumb. I, But I, I'm assuming it's just like, no, we're doing this. We're going to play a conference-only schedule, and we're going to, you know, get in, get out, and take the bullet for one year that we're not going to have a bowl game or, or clearly any playoff stuff if you're a Big Ten team. But maybe they're not taking that. Maybe they're thinking like, yeah, we're – we're, we're just going to keep playing through December and we're going to have to have the college football playoff selection, you know, mm-hmm. I, on like on, on December 30th. I, I honestly, I have no idea where the Big Ten's going because it, I guess we'll, we'll get to the, the, the second part, maybe like the, the Nebraska side of it, but then you have the White House reaching out to the Big Ten uh trying to get a hold of uh, Commissioner Kevin Warren to talk about starting up the season and I believe that the 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 president uh, President Trump and Warren uh, Commissioner Warren did have that conversation on Tuesday and they said you know, Trump said it was a very productive conversation and oh like that we're at the one yard line to getting the big Ten to play because it's so important and stuff like that so all of a sudden now are we kind of doing a 180 here like what do we think that the pressure and this call from from Trump, what do we think that that is going to do for the Big Ten in terms of them changing their mind on doing the season? And if they do decide to completely do a 180 here in a reversal, how long would it take them to get to the point where teams are ready and they can go ahead and proceed with a season? That's a good question. I don't know how long it takes to get ready. I mean, I would assume it would be like the standard amount of time between once fall camp starts at a game, which I don't know, is like three or four weeks or something like that. I mean, I would think they would need about that long. And in terms of Trump calling, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, if you're just literally saying I'm the president and I would prefer that you would play, I don't know why that would change your mind at all. I mean, if you're saying you're going to put, you know, undue pressure on them, you know, put your thumb on the scale, the force of the play. I don't know what that would be as president. I, mean, I think it's safe to assume regardless of whether you should do it or not, you could certainly find ways to make life difficult for Big Ten schools and affiliates and administrative people to try to force them to play. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't specifically know what that would be off the top of my head. I mean, maybe you're just going to be like, hey, guess what? The IRS is going to look way closer to all your taxes now. <laughs> Although, even though I don't know if that would work, because that's tax season's over already. So, I mean, obviously, I, I, try, I try to not talk politics too much, but, yeah. you know, it is an election year. So, uh, even yeah. if you would say that, it's possible that he would not be in office to enforce whatever things, I'm, you know, however many months from now. I'm just going to provide some breaking news here. There have been politics in sports a lot here over the last week or two, so you're not uh, you're not going out and uh, we've we've talked plenty about it already here on the podcast uh, with, with Travis. But I 
you know, the I just don't understand where the Big Ten's going with this because they said, no, we're not going to, you know, we're, we're canceling the season. We're not even just like postponing and going to wait or anything, which I think is what more people would have liked to see from them, especially at schools at like Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State. And then you get, you know, the Big Ten coming out like a week later and saying, no, we're not going to revisit this. This is a final decision. And then all of a sudden you start hearing about, well, maybe we do Thanksgiving or like we'll start in January. And then all that now we get a call and it's like, oh, you know what? All options are on the table. It's just the waffling is just so bad here. It's such a bad look for if this conference. If it's true, that right. we should say as far as I know. And I've been busy covering stuff, so I don't specifically know the new stuff of today. But I'm assuming, like, I don't think we officially have the waffling and we're going to do that. That's all sources stuff, which I mean, I'm not saying this is the case, but it's possible that that's just, you know, football coaches and athletic directors planting stuff and saying, oh, we're going to do this with the hopes that that would then force other people's hands and it might not. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to to see if there's anything in this article on ESPN. Um, you know, they said that not, a Big Ten source told ESPN that nothing has changed. We have to get all the medical questions answered before we can bring back a plan to the presidents for approval. Um, so that's the other thing, too, like, is I think the, the yeah. president's and uh, Warren are really still the guys that decide this. So, I mean, the athletic directors and coaches could all be unanimous that they want to play, but if the president say no, they're not going to do it then. Well, and that, and that brings us to, like, this lawsuit that the eight Nebraska players are bringing up to the Big Ten. And so the Big Ten did have to show what what the vote was. And it was 11-3 to in favor of postponing the season. Uh, Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State all voted against the postponement. I believe the Big Ten said like an overwhelming majority were, was needed in order for this to, to go down. Or that's, I guess, how they characterized the vote. I would say 11 out of 14 is a... It's certainly a, a majority... Is it an overwhelming majority? I, I guess say it's so. probably an overwhelming majority. Okay, because it is under eighty percent. It's like between seventy-five and eighty percent of uh, of the schools that would do it now. But Let's then have some real fun with verbs and adjectives and adverbs and stuff here. Yeah. Would you say overwhelming majority is more or less than the vast majority? That see, I would say eleven out of three does sound like the vast majority. But a lot of that, you know, it's like it's the easy elite stuff. It's elite's very much in the eye of the old. Exactly. I know. I I think that is a great, uh, great uh, way to phrase it, and a great question because I was going to ask the same thing. Like, is overwhelming the same as vast? I would say it's more of a vast majority than an overwhelming majority. Uh, the funny get, thing is, I would probably agree with that, and it's weird because it shouldn't. They should basically mean the same thing, but for whatever reason. Overwhelming sounds more than vast majority. Right. So let me let me actually here. We're gonna take a old. Uh, um, we're we're gonna take a, a definition here. So overwhelming is an adjective. Very great in amount. So that is the definition of overwhelming. Very great in amount. 
let's go with vast then. And vast, the definition is a very great extent or quantity. So I guess it's it's essentially a synonym. Yeah, so it's basically the same, which yes. is the weird thing, is that they sound more. Yeah. It's uh, that for whatever reason, overwhelming sounds more. I don't know why. But. I, so I guess when you're, granted, a, a size of 14 is not like a huge sample size. So if you do have a couple of schools that decide they that say no or you know vote no that it will drop your percentage somewhat significantly in this case it would be about 17 percent uh now that it's more than that because it's three uh schools so i, I think it's like roughly like 76 77 percent then of the big 10 schools said yes it's it is best to postpone though i did read somewhere that min the minnesota president was a little more of a like, eh, I could kind of go either way. She was like a swing voter, essentially. So she was a, she was a purple state, is what you're saying. Uh, maybe yes. <laughs> so in in all of this, like, is there anything then? Because I'm I'm guessing that the presidents they're looking at the that the potential lawsuits and the money in, involved and everything but it's also a look at the revenue that's being lost not only through the television deals but also like people going into the tickets and that's also the local economy all the bars and restaurants all the you know the the, the grocery stores also, and stuff like, like for tailgating like and stuff the prestige of like television still yes. too i mean we you, i'm sure you as well as i we've seen plenty of things about how you know, Miami only had so many people apply to go to college there, and then all of a sudden they started getting really good at football, and the number of applications went up like 250% based off. Exactly, exactly. I think it's the same thing with, like, Florida Gulf Coast. Remember when Dunk City won a game, a couple of games? I do. And they they won two games. Didn't they make the Sweet Sixteen? They did. Yes, they did, and and then lost to Florida. But their uh, enrollment skyrocketed after that. Um because people knew who they were, and so you're right. I think that that does have a that does play a factor in this. But I'm I'm just wondering now if, given the the backlash that the conference has received, and we don't know what else is going to come with of you know of this lawsuit and stuff. I doubt that it, it, it it's not going to be nearly as players lawsuit. Yes. Yep. Yeah, from what I remember is that they wanted like to force them legally to let them play. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's gonna work. I do like the idea of being like, no, we want to know what number it was. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair because, yes. like with most things, I think transparency is better than being like, no, no, there was a vote, but we can't tell you how many people voted for it. Exactly. Like, well, now you're making it worse. Yep, and that's and why. I, there's a lot of stuff that the Big Ten's done like that, where I think they could have. They could have done stuff. They should have said it was 11-3, to 3, we're not playing, and should have just stuck with we're not playing. I mean, even though I would prefer they play for selfish reasons, mm -hmm. much like a referee, they should have said, no, we're not doing this, period, because the last thing you want to do as a referee is say, yes, that was pass interference on the defense, and then huddle, 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 huddle as the coach is yelling at you. And then say, actually, we're going to switch it to pass interference on the offense now. Yep. It's like, yeah, you can't do that. That's that's a bad idea. Now you're opening up Pandora's box. Right, and I think they're looking at the the you know the 
the cost of this lawsuit is going to be far less than if someone were to catch corona and die and, and stuff like that. And that's a, certainly a worst case scenario. But I'm wondering with all of the backlash and now what they're seeing with like the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 are trying to do and quite frankly are succeeding at least to this point where they haven't had to cancel the season yet and we are at the beginning of September now. Maybe the Big Ten presidents are going to start having second thoughts. And if if there's additional pressure that has come with this call for, between Trump and, um, and, and Warren, maybe that does start changing some of the votes and they, they would look at it. I, I don't know. It just, again, it's void of talent. It's just a whole bunch of disarray right now going on inside the Big Ten. And it's something that we've never seen before with this conference. Very chaotic in Big yes. Ten land right now. Yes. Even the, the funny thing is that the Big Ten and Pac-12 both said, no, we're not going to play. And if the day they base or other maybe it was the two days that they said they weren't going to do it, next for back-to-back days. But if I would have told you however long ago, three or four weeks ago, that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 both said they weren't going to play football, and then one conference was going to have all these issues with it, and be like, well, now we don't know. This is weird. I think we both would have been like, well, clearly that's going to be the Pac-12, because the Pac-12 is the dumber, more inept conference, mm-hmm. and that sounds like something they would do. So it- it's very odd that all of this is going on with the Big Ten. And if anything, the Pac-12 has looked better than even some of the conferences that are continuing to try and play like the ACC because they seem to be in a completely unified front. There's not a lot of bickering amongst coaches or anything regarding the athletes or parents or anything like that. So the Pac-12 is looking good in there, and to my knowledge, at least as of now, um, the president has not reached out to uh, Commissioner Larry Scott in the Pac-12 and and said, like, hey, you know, applying the pressure that they need to reconsider and start playing the season two, maybe it's political reasons probably in that which we won't get into here so when we unless they're going to start a a television deal with russia on the back well yeah right well i mean you can practically see russia from uh sarah palin's uh back porch there in alaska 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 fairbanks is going to join the back 12 soon right yeah I, i think so i think that's reasonable to assume uh so the next time we talk which will be in a couple of weeks, and hopefully we have, you know, more, more uh, reason to talk with, you know, like seeing how Clemson looked and you know Notre Dame, and just we'll have a so most of the teams will have a game under their belt and and whatnot. So within a couple of weeks, do you think anything will have changed with the Big Ten, uh, whether or not it's a Thanksgiving kickoff or whether it's you know the pressure from the president and the call and stuff if that expedites the time for their season or if they just stay packed what do you think is going to happen with the big 10 by the time the next time we speak i think it's basically going to be the same still there might be some rumblings here or there from unnamed sources but i think they're going to stay the same way i think i'm trying to come up with an idea in my brain that would force big 10 presidents to really think I mean, not just change their, I mean, or not just reverse their decision, but think, hey, we really like put our foot down on this, and now we need to reverse this, or we're going to look bad. I mean, we're both adults, and we know that when you take a stand on something, the last thing you want to do is be like, actually, I was wrong, and I shouldn't have done that. 
Mm-hmm. So I think they're, and then I'm not saying that they're right or wrong to switch it either way, but I can certainly understand not wanting to do it. I mean, we would need the like all-time classic SEC and ACC games that are getting all-time good television numbers while like the SEC is running anti-Big Ten ads and, you know, like, ha-ha, come play for our conference where we can play football instead of that other dumb conference. It's kind of like... This is more for cringe if he listens and plays yeah. back because I don't know. This is not as much up your alley. But it would very much be like the WCW versus WWF Monday Night Wrestling Wars where the WWF started airing sketches making fun of... Uh, Ted Turner, who owned TNT, mm-hmm. which at the time was the channel WCW aired on. Yep. Like, making fun of him and stuff like that. Like, I'm not saying it will happen, but I could see the FCC not going that far, but doing sort of some stuff like that. And I think that would maybe be the only thing that would get 10 people to really be like, we're going to change our minds. Or it's kind of like... Along with good, like, scientific, like, oh, hey, maybe it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. And as long as we institute these protocols and you do them effectively, then we can play generally being safe. Or it's kind of like uh, Christy Nome running commercials in Minnesota saying that South Dakota is open for business. Yeah, that would be another good example. Yeah. I don't <laughs> specifically remember that, but... Yeah, yeah. It, the, or I didn't know that that happened. <laughs> yeah. that since I've left South Dakota, that's why I didn't know. Well, and I've just seen a couple of commercials in the the Minneapolis area here, so that would that's the only reason I would I I know that either. Okay, so anything else then college football wise that we need to discuss? I mean, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I guess I guess I suppose um, maybe we need. This is not because I'm a Nebraska fan, but maybe in general we just need players suing conferences more often to get. Get people to not be so secretive about something. Well, again, transparency is the best policy. Apparently, yeah, appears to yeah, be the model. If you're talking nuclear secrets, I'm okay with being like, we're not going to tell this. But yep. no, we don't want you to know how the presidents voted of these schools. It's like, okay, I mean, let's not be let's not be this stupid about this right now. Yeah, and that's exactly what the Big Ten is looking stupid. Yeah. in all of this. Well, my friend, I always appreciate talking with you, and uh, we'll we'll catch up here in a couple of weeks. There will be a couple of games under our belt, or at least one game for for most teams, and we'll just see we'll just see where college football lies, and hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, everything goes according to plan, and that we don't see any huge issues, and the games can be played, and we'll enjoy watching whatever games we can on TV. Me too. Sounds good, Stack, and I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Thank you, Charlie. Yep. Charlie Hildebrand from the Northwest Iowa Review, kind enough to join us here to talk college football. Always appreciate uh, his time, and there you hear it. Uh, you know, between uh, just the Big Ten, just what a cluster right now. Just awful. It, so we'll see what happens with that call. We'll see what happens with the... If anything else happens with the lawsuit, you know, the Thanksgiving kickoff, we'll just wait and see. I mean, the Big Ten is changing constantly. As mentioned, you know, only a few games this week. The power conferences will begin next week. Um, So keep an eye on that and how everything looks and how it all goes down. And 
fingers crossed that we get at least an abbreviated um, college football season in, or at least abbreviated in terms of the number of conferences that are playing. We'll switch from the college football field to we're just going to cross the border into Canada, talk some hockey. Hopefully we'll do that with Marcus next. That's coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, it's time to talk some hockey. And no one better to do that with than my good friend from the Mitchell Daily Republic, Marcus Traxler. Marcus, how are we doing? I'm good, Stacking. How are you? Doing good, doing good, as best as best we can, I guess, in in these times. Um, it, things has just gotten so chaotic in the world of sports, and sports is getting crossed over into politics and all that stuff. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll just begin there. Um you know, we, we know what happened with the NBA uh, starting the boycott, and that led to other sports, baseball, and, you know, suspending or postponing games, Major League Soccer, and the NHL. The NHL postponed a couple of days of their playoffs. Uh, Matt Dumba, we know him uh, very much because of he's the defenseman for the Minnesota Wild, Evander Kane from the San Jose Sharks. They were very outspoken about the fact that the NHL probably should postpone the uh, games at least for a couple of days in wake of what happened in Kenosha. Overall, because uh, I want to get the heavy stuff out of the way here first, how do you think the NHL handled everything regarding that and working with the players? Um, I would say at first not particularly well. Um, and, and part of it is the timing. Um you know, as as other sports, as the NBA sh- shutting down and will be calling calling off games, uh, the NHL, you know, barely barely mentioned it, and you had players uh, saying that you know, well, we saw it, but you know, don't really have an opinion on it yet. And, I mean, this was a this for the NHL. I mean, in the bubble, uh, they were tested early with with uh, similar things around George Floyd's um, uh, death and yep. that sort of thing. So. Um, and Matt Dumba and other players, uh, you know, s- s- spoke up for what they believed in, and you had some players taking a knee during the national anthem. It, it just seemed like the first opportunity the NHL had to sort of, you know, show that they've learned from what's what's happened. And, and you know, when Matt Dumba was at uh, center ice earlier in the playoffs, and uh, he was making this great speech from his, the bottom of his heart, like he said, um, you know, it seemed like that was a moment for the NHL, and then the first chance they get challenged, they're they're caught completely flat-footed. Um, you know, they they don't look good if you don't go along with this. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, you know, I can understand wanting to to play and and do your thing, but um, you know, eventually uh, sidelining things for two days, I think, was the right decision. Um, and I think the NHL, I mean, just by and large, they got a long ways to go with with uh, you know racial equity and equality and that sort of thing in, in their sport because it's uh, it has been a majority white sport for a very long time yep. and it will be going forward I, I wouldn't expect that to change there's not a lot of uh, inner city neighborhoods that are going to embrace hockey but um, that's that's a challenge I mean they have to be sensitive to this you can't you can't operate uh, like you don't know what's going on so um, you know eventually they did the right thing and I, I think they have a lot of players that are well meaning but Hockey has this culture where you know nobody's supposed to speak out and and uh, you know not supposed to upset the apple cart and anything like that. Yep. All the all the phrases you would use. So 
that's where things need to get better. And I think challenging to sort of get uh, racism out of the game and racism out of all sports. It, you'll never you'll never have it completely defeated, but that's got to be the goal. Yep. And you look at the stuff they've dealt with in the last year, Bill Peters with the racist comments and and different things. I mean, they just this sport's got a long way to go, and mm-hmm. uh, they need to be ready to meet the challenges now and going forward. Interesting, and I don't know if maybe it's in light of all this, but the Kraft USA uh, Hockeyville winner was El Paso, Texas, which is completely kind of off the the beaten trail and stuff. So that's one way that uh, you know the NHL is trying to get into some of these areas and help you know put one hundred fifty thousand dollars or whatever into rink upgrades and stuff. So that's great. There. Um, do you think at all because the bubbles are in Canada? that that had any influence on the NHL's decision to proceed with games on Wednesday night while all of this was really getting started? I don't think the physical location uh, was as big of a deal. That, that may have played into it. I just think they were, they were caught off guard, and they weren't, they weren't ready for uh, this to sort of bubble up again. Um, you know, the initial connection, obviously the Milwaukee Bucks are the one who started this geographically. They're the closest to Kenosha, Wisconsin, yep. uh, with Jacob Blake. So all that makes sense, but um, when you consider, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, you know, like you said, politics are intertwined with sports. They have been for a long time. Uh, that's that's nothing new, uh, but we're certainly seeing it more in 2020. And, um, you know, I think you there's more of an expectation that we see teams and players what do you stand for? You know, where do you stand on this issue? Yep. Are you are you just going to be silent, or do you have? Are you going to stand up for the people that have been marginalized and that's critical? And uh, that's been the main part of the bubble in the NBA this entire time. Everybody knows it. It's it's abundantly evident uh, when you look at uh, you know how the bubble is presented and what the players are wearing and all that stuff. Uh, the NHL it has not been that way mm-hmm. and. I think there is definitely an idea of like, well, we have this moment and we're letting players speak out and every team's making a statement, but we're here to play hockey. And, you know, that's fine until you're challenged like this. And so yep. um, I think there's an expectation that they do more. Um, I think, like you mentioned, the Hockey Diversity Alliance is, is a good step forward. That's, a, that's somewhere where hockey can grow out of this. Yep. But, you know, I also don't necessarily agree with uh, I think it's Akeem Alou, you know, he was getting sort of militant about, uh, militant's my word, about, you know, not not standing up strong enough. And it's like, well, you have to be willing to uh, work with people. You know, people that are willing to be on your side, you should find a way to embrace them rather than potentially turning them away. So um, I think that's the other, I mean, that's a challenge in any, any of these realms where you're, you're trying to make your tent bigger to bring more people in. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, I don't. I don't think it's smart to turn people away when you're when you're doing that. So. Absolutely, great points brought up by you. Absolutely, um, I, I absolutely agree. I think there the NHL certainly does have a ways to go, um, and, and we'll see if they can do it and learn from the mistakes that they made from last week. But on the ice itself, we go. We and, have. And I would, I would yeah. also just say one yep. thing broadly, not not specifically about the, the NHL. I, I think. All of these sports should be evaluated. We should look at this in uh, six months or a year, and what are these leagues, teams, and players doing to make this a better situation? Yes. What are they doing in their community? Because, you know, like we're saying right now, everybody expects a statement or some sort of gesture, 
and that's fine, but real change happens over time. So let's, you know, I think there's uh, the onus is on fans and the media and whoever uh, follows the stuff to check up and see what is being done. Hold them accountable. Players and our people following up on what they what they claim. Yeah. So. Yep. Hold them accountable. That, that absolutely right. they have to do that. I know you know the NBA arenas and you know the arenas. I think some of them are conjointly with, with you know like NHL teams and stuff. But you're mm-hmm. you're seeing you know NBA arenas say we're going to have polling uh, places open for the election in November. So that's a that's a step that the owners are are doing and making for this. So uh, I would imagine that the NHL arenas would follow suit. You would hope yeah. so, but um, but but we'll we'll definitely see how that all goes. On the ice itself, we go. Uh, we have one team so far in the semifinals. That is the the Tampa Bay Lightning. Every other series is three two. Colorado currently playing for their uh, lives right now. They are up on Dallas, but we'll see if that holds up there in Game Six. The conference, uh, the, the second round has been very good. I would say uh, the Islanders are still the surprise, uh, but boy, Tampa looked really good against Boston after that first game. I think that uh, no matter who comes out, the Flyers or the Islanders, they are in for a tough match against the Lightning. Yeah, three three really big takeaways for me on that series. One, um, amazing what Tampa has done, uh, and you consider all of this without Steven Samkos, right? The best player yep. on their team. Yep. Haven't had him, haven't had him at all. Uh, and they have scored in bunches. Uh, quick math is that they've scored 19 goals in the five games of that series. Uh, the flip side of that, and including uh, another double overtime game, played another long game yep. and, and got a victory to end that series. So uh, good, good for them. Uh, the flip side of that is I think it's clear Boston uh, felt not having Tuka Rask. I mean, when you when you look at the uh, giving up that many goals, and I know one one game they gave up seven goals. Yep. Um, you know, Yaroslav Halak, I, I don't from what I've gathered, didn't play that poorly in the series, but. Um, when you don't have your ace, your starting goaltender, the guy you've kind of uh, had as a bedrock of this entire franchise, it's a big deal when he's not there. And you can certainly look at that and say, wow, it, it would have been helpful to have uh, Tuka Rass there. Mm-hmm. For, by all accounts, he had a uh, perfectly valid reason to leave. Uh, sounds like his daughter uh, has been in the hospital, that sort of thing. So that's, that's you know, he's got his reasons. I don't think anybody would begrudge him. And if you do, there were people on Twitter that were doing that, and uh, we know we know what can happen with them. So, yes. Um, yep. The, the the third part of that is we saw the price of not being on your A game in that qualifying round. You know, Boston was the the President's Cup winner, so to speak, the top uh, point earning team in the regular season. Yep. They played badly in the uh, in the three three game qualifier. They dropped from, from the one seed to the four seed. Ended up playing Tampa Bay potentially one round earlier than they would have had to. And they're out, you know. Yep. So that's uh, that makes a huge difference. And um, we saw this, these playoffs were were going to be flawed in some way, shape, or form. When we look at the Wild, <laughs> they they went through all that training. They played four games. You know, it, it's not perfect. Uh, there were teams that played three games and they were done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, I don't think there's an asterisk on this playoffs because they're, frankly, they're long enough that the best team's going to emerge from this. But um, it is still shocking that the top point team uh, doesn't get to doesn't get past the second round of the actual playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and it would have met. I mean, last year was even was even more shocking when the Lightning got swept by the Blue Jackets. 
I mean, they yeah. were the the top point getter. But I mean, yes, Boston is just never, and that's why I thought they were going to lose to Carolina right away because it just didn't seem like they were on their A game in the qualifying round. Uh, then again, I had Tampa Bay losing to Columbus because I thought Columbus had a lot of good stuff going for him, and maybe that five overtime game took a lot out of them. Uh, yeah, I, and Carolina rightly is was a trendy pick. I mean, they're they're just one of those teams that's fun to watch. Uh, pretty pretty strong offensive team didn't happen in that series, and then then they faced a very well rounded uh, Tampa Bay team that looks like it might be cashing in on on like you said, maybe a missed opportunity from last year. They're looking pretty good here. Yep. But they can't take, if it is the Islanders that they will face, they cannot take them lightly because Barry Trotz is going to have that team ready. They're very good defensively. Uh, they don't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, is it Sidney Varlamov? Is Varlamov's the, the goalie yeah. for him, right? So, I mean, the Islanders are just doing everything well right now. I don't think they're your average six seed, so... If that's the case, I mean, if it's Tampa-Philly, Tampa's going to roll over Philadelphia easily. Like, that game, that series might go five games. It might go six games tops. I'll say it, Lightning would mm-hmm. win in five. If it's the Islanders, it's going to be a lot more difficult for the Lightning because the Islanders are so well-disciplined. Uh, I do think the Lightning would win, but it's certainly not a series that anyone should take lightly. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, Varlamov has been great for the Islanders. The uh, the top goaltender here on on goals against average that's still left in the playoffs, um, one one point eight five. So he's been really solid. Um, like we talked about a few weeks ago, just kind of a litany of goal scorers, guys stepping up. Uh, they had they had Matthew Barzal take a, a stick to the face in, in the last game, and he had to leave. I, I would expect he'll play, but that's just something to watch considering he's been been one of their studs. So. Um, I agree with you. It, it'll be a, a more even series if we see the Islanders and the uh, and the Lightning. And I go back to the point I made early in these playoffs. Amazing to see where the Islanders are at, considering that you know when Tavares left, it, it seemed like Islanders fans made it seem like okay, our world's crashing in. Yeah. And they they turned around and they they've gotten young players again. They look you know they look like a team that's not going anywhere in in the, in. Uh, like they're going to fade anytime soon, so that's a great sign. Yep. And they brought in a coach who knows exactly what to expect in the playoffs, Barry Trotz. You know, two years ago uh, was the was the cup-winning coach, so yep. uh, that's a great place to start from, and I think they're in a good spot. And I, I kept forgetting, but Cal Clutterbuck's on the team, former Minnesota Wild. I mean, it just... So I, I haven't I haven't looked up uh, how old Cal Clutterbuck is, but I mean, it's amazing he's still in the league, i got to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> But he's making plays. Uh, he oh, yeah. he made. I think he led to a, a. He assisted on a game tying goal in game five. I think that if I remember correctly, or he had a play in there. And it's just like oh, Cal Clutterbuck made a play. Former Minnesota Wild. It's like oh, wherever these former Wild players go, it seems like they do well for the for the most part, almost better than right. what they were doing in Minnesota. My comment was grossly inappropriate. He's only 32 years old. Oh, man. Uh, but he was drafted by the Wild in 2006. I mean, that's that's a long time ago. So that is. Uh, he's been in, in professional hockey basically uh, his entire adulthood. So makes sense that it, it, it feels like he's been around for a long time. Yeah, he has. absolutely. 
On the west side, uh, I don't know what happened, what awoke the Dallas Stars up, but after trailing 3-0 to Calgary in Game 6, they scored, what, like seven straight goals to win that game, and they have just been, it's like a slot machine. They're just scoring like crazy stuff, getting goals. And granted that the weak spot in the Colorado Avalanche team was goaltending, but I don't think anyone foresaw what Dallas was going to do against the high-powered Avalanche. Uh, they are the ones who are turning in an avalanche of goals. Sorry, pun intended. Well, I knew you were going for that. <laughs> uh, you know, Grubauer, the goaltender for Colorado, has not been that bad in these playoffs, but I agree with you. I mean, the Stars uh, have scored in bunches, a uh, couple games with five goals, or uh, three games with five goals in this series, and then uh, a game with four and a game with three, and those are the games they lost. So, uh, and they look know, like crap in the round robin, too, like the, like yeah. Boston. Yeah, and, and I, I, I'm reading this now, or read this earlier, you know, uh, the Stars won every game against Colorado in the, uh, in the regular season, but lost the game uh, in the qualifying round uh, against Colorado. So it's, it's interesting that they face each other again uh, here in the semifinals, and uh, they do have experienced players. I mean, Tyler Sagan uh, is a guy that, you know, is, is is their star player for sure? Mm-hmm. Um, we we mentioned uh, Pavelski a few weeks ago, uh, a guy who's hung around and is looking for a Stanley Cup uh, chance. He's been very good in these playoffs as well. Corey Perry, so, uh, Corey Corey Perry's a, a, a thorn in everybody's side still. So um, they just they're just not a team that goes away. Uh, I don't think anybody really thought that they would uh, get beat by or that they would. Uh, be the pick over Colorado, but here they are playing in game six with a chance to uh, put Colorado away. Now, as we're talking, it seems like Colorado might survive this and get it to game seven. Um, and considering they've been down 3-1, that would be an accomplishment. Yeah. Um, my my gut feeling is that this is where like the, the 3-1 series are where the lack of home ice advantage is making a difference. You know? Yep. Um, when you're playing in the same rink that you played you know, literally this entire bubble, uh, but especially the entire series, um, there's no crowd, there's no nothing. I mean, this would be the game where if you're the underseeded team, as, as Dallas would be, uh, this would be the game six you'd have at home. Well, you don't have that. So uh, it's very interesting to watch uh, and to keep an eye on. Uh, but we're seeing this in, 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 we're seeing this in the NBA, uh, and we're seeing it uh, in a couple series in these playoffs as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you're right. It's just there's a whole different feel to it. You don't have the you don't have the travel, which is nice, but it is. It's just a, it's a different feel to these playoffs. So they might have an asterisk by them just because of the it, and fans make a difference. I've yep. long said that it's one of the reasons you know like March Madness. It's not the same without the fans because they're the ones who can can kind of propel that Cinderella team that's looking to pull off an upset, like you know, or like John ja Morant and Murray State last year against or a couple years ago against Marquette. You, you cheer, you know, Florida Gulf Coast a number of years back. You look for those. The fans help bring that energy into the stadium. But you're right. Also, playing on home ice, it's way different than playing on neutral ice. So, yeah. and there's there's nothing wrong with how they have it set up. I right. mean, obviously, you yep. got to do what you got to do to get these games in. But it, everyone's on the very, same playing field. Yeah, it's just it's just sterile. It's just very static, you know. And and the NHL is doing the best they can, but uh, you know, literally every game looks the same. And I'm 
uh, speaking of March Madness, I hate that, that every game, you know, m- mostly looks the same as far as how it's all presented. You know, all the courts are are now look the same. That's always bugged me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it, you know, when everything is just kind of uh, homogenized to the point where it's meant to look the same for branding and all that, you just lose something, you know? Yep. Um, Vegas is currently up on the Canucks 3-2. to two. I have to imagine Vegas is going to win that series. Given how the Stars-Avalanche series has played out, regardless of who the winner is, you know, should the Avalanche push to a Game 7, maybe win it, or otherwise Dallas will, um, has Vegas now become the front runner to uh, make it out of the West and to the Stanley Cup Final? I think so. I think Colorado is still dangerous, and we're seeing enough here from Dallas that I, I don't think you can necessarily rule them out either. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, I agree. I, I, I like Vegas a lot. They've looked really strong. Uh, they have weathered this two-goalie thing a lot better than I would have expected. Uh, they had the thing last week about uh, Mark andre Fleury's agent showing a photo on Twitter of him getting stabbed in the back, and that clearly seemed to be something that, because uh, they've been playing uh, – the other guy who I'm blanking on, yep. the guy they got from Chicago, um, they they uh, Laner is it Robin Leonard or Lainer? yeah Leonard yeah, yeah Robin Leonard they uh, you know didn't run that past his client I'm sure his client wasn't thrilled about that but they've they've managed I mean that's really been the only issues they've had uh, the Canucks have been very solid in this series mm-hmm. uh, and have uh, more than you know. I go back to what we said uh, about them when they faced the Wild. Really young team. They've never really been in the playoffs before. Uh, they've more more than shown uh, that they can hold their own. Yes. Elias Pettersson has been great in these playoffs, and uh, that makes a huge difference. Um, the uh, Borhovat, who would have thought that he would be the uh, the leading uh, scorer, leading goal scorer in these these playoffs or in the bubble so yep. far. So Quinn Quinn Hughes uh, has been very good. Yeah, I mean, they, they've just got ton, tons of young players. Um, you know, Brock Besser, we like to bring him up every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Burnsville kid has been has been a, a big part of what Vancouver's been doing as well. So that's that's good to see, but I agree with you. I think gold, uh, the Golden Knights, it feels right. You know, a couple, a couple years ago, their debut year, they make the run all the way to the, uh, the Stanley Cup final. It felt a little premature, uh, but they, they have – over amounts of talent, and uh, I would expect that we see them in the West Final and, and threatening from there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. The, the Regardless, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference Finals are going to be a lot of fun to watch, and we look forward to watching that next week. We got the Kentucky Derby here on Saturday. Any thoughts on that? Uh, you got a horse in this race that, you look, uh, that you're pulling for? Uh, maybe South Bend or someone like that? Well, Stack, and I don't know if you've read uh, any of my stuff lately, but Necker Island, uh, a horse that is owned by a man from Wagner, South Dakota. So oh, goodness last gracious. week, last week I went and talked to, uh, the guy, Wayne sure, a guy who's 61 years old and has owned horses for the last 10 years has never had anything resembling a Kentucky Derby horse. Uh, basically three months ago, uh, his trainer calls him and says, Hey, I think we've got a horse here. Uh, he's going to run in this claiming race, the $100,000 claiming race. And horse racing, that's a lot of money for a claiming race. Uh, and basically within the span of a half hour, they decide, okay, we're going to put a claim in on him. Uh, he, he's went in with two other Kentucky businessmen, uh, and they won the claim because there were a couple other people that wanted the horse too. The horse finished fourth there, uh, was third at the Indiana Derby and third at the Ellis Park Derby. 
uh, and barely got in on points to get into the Kentucky Derby. Uh, drew its slot on, on Tuesday as we take this, got the 11 hole, and it is a 50 to 1 horse right now. Right now, there's eight horses that are 50 to 1. I haven't seen the updated odds. I imagine that's changed, but uh, when, the, when they were first drawn, they were all uh, 50 to 1. Tis the Laws, the big pick, 3 to 5 uh, favorite uh, in this race. It would be shocking if it's not, you know, tis the law, no art collector. Uh, Honor AP is one of the other horses that, that uh, has gotten a lot of attention. So um, I'm, I'm intrigued. I got to be honest, I'm following it closer because I have I wrote the story last week. Yep. Yeah, I, I have it pulled up right now. One of 14 children. Goodness gracious. Uh, his <laughs> poor mother. <laughs> er. Yeah, it, the... Uh, the, I mean, super nice guy, uh, guy who's really passionate about uh, horse ownership and has had, you know, some levels of success with various horses. Um, he's literally a dreamer and and has dreamed about doing this. He is going to be at the Kentucky Derby, uh, got enough tickets to, to make it worth his while. Um, so I, I'm excited for him. It sounds like he's going to have uh, a great time and uh, get to enjoy it. I'm not sure Necker Island is going to, uh, show up at the front of the pack, but it should be fun. The goal is for him to get to the rail and see what happens. So, Very uh, cool. Authentic is the other horse that is uh, out wide. You've got Honor AP, Tis the Law, and Authentic all through the, the three starting gates that are furthest outside. So that will be interesting to watch. They, ostensibly, depending on how they start, will have the longest run uh, all the way around to the front stretch. Uh, so... It'll be interesting to see how that goes. South Bend was the one that jumped in for Art Collector, uh, who was scratched on Tuesday morning with a a bum foot. They're going to go for the the Preakness. Um, And he is uh, trained by Bill Mott, who uh, had Country House last year. was a 65-to-1 winner after Maximum Security was disqualified. We all remember that. So Mm -hmm. um, it'll be intriguing. Uh, A few less horses in this field at 18 instead of 20. And I think part of that is, you know, they normally have one horse from Japan and one horse from Europe. And I think with the virus, that just didn't happen this year. So a um, little bit smaller field, but I'll be intrigued. I'll, I'll be here to watch it uh, 6 o'clock uh, cornfield time on, on uh, Saturday. Very good, PA. Very good getting that cornfield <laughs> time and appreciate that. And, it, yeah, uh, check out the article. I'm reading through it now. It's very good stuff. Uh, you did good I'm, work uh, on this I, one. I might be your Kevin Dork because we talked about hockey and we talked about horse racing. <laughs> here, so. Yes, you did. Uh, I, I could call you Eddie Olchek, too. Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, before I let you go, um, I do want to ask, I know we kind of talked a little bit on Sunday about the Yannick Ngakwe trade. Uh, yeah. going from Jacksonville to Minnesota now. It has gotten me super stoked for the season because it gives. It just feels to me now like the Vikings have a, a chance on defense. We were worried about the, the young secondary and then Michael Pierce, uh, the defensive tackle that they got to replace Linval Joseph. He's no longer going to play this season because of COVID. Uh, Everson Griffin signed with the Cowboys. So it just seemed like, oh, you know, like the Vikings have the talent, but are too many pieces missing for from their team last year to make another run at the playoffs again or even the NFC North crown. With Ngakwe, you get him paired up with Hunter. That's absolutely gives them like the top tandem, rushing tandem in the league, a uh, pass rushing tandem. Yeah. Uh it it's just gotten me excited now that that raises their expectation level for me and makes me think like they have a legit chance this season. It's been a few days now. Where are you? Where are you sitting with this trade? 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, in the short term, I think it's a really good move. Uh, I, you know, I wasn't, I got to be honest about the Vikings here. I have not, just I think between the nature of COVID and no training camp and no preseason games, I just have not, there hasn't been a ton of news around the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly had no idea that Neil Hunter hadn't really been practicing. I, I just hadn't been following it super close. So I didn't even know that till Sunday. And uh, I knew that I, I was kind of confident that you've got Andre Patterson, the defensive line coach, I, it, and they've kind of developed guys. Afadio Denebo last year was was a guy who was a pleasant surprise. I just kind of thought, okay, they'll figure it out. They'll get yep. another guy uh, that's in the system that they'll they'll find another rusher. Yeah, I have no I have no problems with what they did by any means because uh, Ngakwe makes a ton of sense that he was available. Um, my, my main concern was the salary cap and, and that this might be a one-year rental. I, I have no problems with what they gave up. If, if they have any level of success this year, it'll be worth it. I completely agree with you about it improves the defense and gives that secondary a chance to breathe slash make plays, which is all you can ask for. Um, you know, my, my concern is it, it may be only being a one-year yes. deal. And, and hopefully, you know, no. I'm biased because I pay attention to the Vikings. I'm sure every team does it, but nobody has been better in the last four years or five years at salary cap gymnastics than the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, or to the point where they've mostly kept everybody they wanted to keep, for the most yep. part. Yep. Um, so I have some confidence that, that if this goes well, and and in Gakwe, it, it seemed clear that he didn't really care where he went. He just wanted out of Jacksonville. So hopefully this goes well and he's interested in staying and the Vikings have a chance of maybe keeping him. Well, you, know? you, you, um, you look at what happened then the last couple of days with Riley Reef, and the, the Vikings were looking for him to restructure his salary, take a little bit of a hit um, to free up some cap space. And if he wasn't going to restructure, they were going to flat out release him. He, yeah. it, they were look. His agent was looking for a trade potentially. Nothing really happened, uh, or you know, came to fruition on that on that end of things. So he ended up taking that reduced salary, and he's going to stay with the team. Um, so I think that is entirely because of Yannick Ngakwe, just to give the team a little more flexibility in that regard. But I also think Reef, if he really didn't want to, to stick around here, if he didn't think that this team could do something, he would have just said, no, I'm not going to take it, and they, were, they would release him. Uh, so I do think that, and I think he's, this is his last year, here, Reef, he's done. But I do think you look at that and you can say, or you can have some confidence in knowing that the Vikings are building something here that people want to be a part of. It's just, can they get to the finish line? Yeah, I I think with Reef, um, and it, it was it's it's a shrewd move that teams will play, um, teams in, in all sports really, but especially in football where, you know, we're less than 10 days uh, to the start of the season. Uh, we're less than two weeks to the Vikings' start of the season. Um, if they caught Riley Reef, where is he going? You know, on short notice, where is he going to get in and play somewhere? Yep. I think that is probably what he considered the most. And I agree with you about the trade. That was probably late as well. But other teams scout too. You know, they yep. know what they know what Riley Reef brings to the table. And um, I haven't seen. Maybe you have uh, what the restructured deal looks like for Riley Reef. I, I assume he's am, getting not. his money one way or the other. It's just a matter of when. Um, so, I, 
I think he might be willing to stay on past this. The Vikings might be willing to give up on him after this, and I think that's maybe where you're coming from there, and yes. I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I think um, this is his last year. I don't think he's going to get that fifth and final year. I think that's in a, like an $11.25 million. Right, uh, not, not at that price. Yeah. I agree, yeah. The, you know, um, they made it all work. I think the offensive line, at least in this year, it's better that he's there because you don't want to be trying to move uh, things around too mm-hmm. much right before the start of the season. It, it just it scared me a little bit to, to think, okay, well, we're moving – Brian O'Neill, left tackle, or throwing somebody into you know right tackle, and all. I just didn't like that. Yep. Um, what I thought was interesting was that Riley Reef had the leverage. You know, in one of the he was in one of the few positions where an NFL player has leverage, and he could have just said, you know, no, pay me. Um, and like you said, then the Vikings would have cut him, but um, he gave up that leverage pretty quick. You know, mm-hmm. or it would evaporated relatively soon. So that was interesting to watch. And uh, I just want to get one other thing in before we, we're done. Are, are uh, we going to mention Kirk Cousins? No. Okay. I, well, okay. if you unless you really want to talk, I, about I, it, I no, don't. I, I really I don't, don't want to. I thought maybe that was what, where you're going. <laughs> no, I uh, I'm really excited for the NFL season, and I, I know that it's not uh, nothing. The NFL's not perfect, uh, and and this start of the season might not be perfect, but mm-hmm. uh, considering that we've had COVID and there's, there's obviously bigger issues in the world, but uh, I'm a Vikings fan. I will be excited to watch them play the Packers uh, in the very first game that they're, I'll be excited to watch the chiefs in the first game as well. Yep. Um, I just, you know, this is probably as excited as I've been for football in a while. And I think part of that is because I love college football and we're not really getting that in a traditional sense either. Right. You know, this first weekend coming up Labor Day weekend should be a big college football weekend and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the leagues and the teams that I like to follow are playing, and I'm I'm much subdued on on college football. So I think uh, from an NFL standpoint, I'm I'm pretty excited, and I'm guessing you're you're in the same boat. You know, it, I, I my my excitement is tempered a little bit because of the fact that you won't have fans in the stands, and I again I do think that fans make up a huge part of that atmosphere and gives you your team a home field advantage. I mean, it's just the thinking that there will be no fans for Packers Vikings at us bank stadium. It just, it, it, it's still, it, you, you really can't fathom it or believe it until we actually see it here yeah, in a, it's in gonna, a week. It's going to be weird. Um, it's going to be weird. And, and you're right. The college football thing, it's just, uh, and, you know, the big tens in disarray and everything like that. Like, it's just, it, this has been such a weird year. I'm excited that football is here, and I'm excited that they're going to play. I mean, there's a lot of interesting storylines. Tom Brady in Tampa Bay is certainly probably up there, if not the, the very top. Um, I So I am excited. Uh, it's maybe a little different kind of level of excitement this year. Um, I hope fans will eventually be able to go into uh, games, especially you know for Vikings games and stuff after the first two. Um I can't say this is the most excited I've been about a season in quite some time, but I am excited that there will be some normalcy brought back to my life uh, with football on Sundays. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah, and I, I think uh, it, it doesn't compare to when I was 10 years old or it doesn't compare to 1998 by any means. Right. But uh, as for an adult, in my adult stage, this is probably as excited as I've been. So um, I the, the one thing I agree with, or the one thing I'd say, just piggybacking off the crowd thing, is 
you know, we have the Saints this week say that they're going to have fans, and we've had other other teams. I just think it's going to be so weird to go from game to game, and it's not going to be the same. You mm-hmm. know, it's you know, one the Vikings aren't going to have fans, the, the Packers aren't going to have fans, and then you go to the Chiefs, and they're going to have fans, and I just. That's going to be awkward, and yes. you know, to each their own. Because if you can do it, I guess go ahead and do it. But um, it kind of bugs me a little bit, I guess. Yeah, and I wish that the NFL would have just not said that. It, oh, you know, screw the competitive imbalance that this creates. Um, they should just say, like, hey, if the local ordinance allows it, we're going to allow fans up to a certain point. I mean that. Right. I, I wish they would just have gone down that route instead of just saying like, eh, eh sucks to suck. If you if you can't have fans, you can't have fans. Oh well. Um, it it doesn't feel like they're putting a lot of empathy in that. One last thing on Ngakwe. If the Vikings do not get him to re, if they do not re-sign him after this season, it is likely that they would get a third round compensatory pick in the 2022 draft. So if you're going to look at it as a one year rental, it's really going to cost you. A second round pick but you're getting a third in return and you're giving up a fifth in the 2022 so it's not a huge net loss if they aren't able to reach a long-term deal with him yeah that makes a, a key difference um you know the, uh, you know from from my standpoint i the last thing i'm worried about is rick spielman losing a pick on the third day of the draft you know what i mean <laughs> so uh the fact that he'll get one on the second day if 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 it doesn't go well or if Eric leaves, that's perfectly fine. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm good with that. I, I think what's exciting is that this is a guy who has a proven track record of getting to the quarterback and knocking the ball out and causing fumbles and causing chaos. And uh, Daniel Hunter does that too, but this is a guy who does that. I think that's great. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I had kind of heard that there might be more of a three-four type element with the defense, and so he may be. I, I'm sure that they're, they're, it's not going to be a three-four, but you might have more stand-up rushers type thing. Um, and obviously, he fits that. So I'm excited to see how that all works out. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fascinating. We have no idea what it looks like because we haven't seen any training camp. We haven't seen any preseason games, as you mentioned earlier. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll see how it all goes. I always appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, enjoy the Kentucky Derby this week. Again, great. You, it's a very good article. I'm reading through it now. Uh, you did a very good job in this, uh, so people can go check that out online. Um, but uh, it, enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the Kentucky Derby, and we'll talk soon to talk about, about the Stanley Cup final or something like that. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Jackin. Thank you, Marcus. Marcus Traxler joining us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Again, always appreciate his time, his expertise. And, yes, I'm reading through this article right now. Uh, if you just search uh, Wagner, South Dakota, Kentucky Derby, uh, it is it is here. It's, a, it's titled A Derby Dream Comes True. Wagner's sure will take a horse to Kentucky Derby. And it, he lays it all out. It's very well written. So uh, congratulations, Marcus. That's a very, it's a very good article. Uh, So definitely, if you have a few minutes, check that out ahead of Saturday's Kentucky Derby. Uh, It's been heavy, this show. Um, I I feel like I'm emotionally exhausted with just everything that's been going on here in the world of sports um, and just the the constant bickering and arguing and the the division that that we are in right now. With sports not necessarily being the, the... direct cause of it obviously not uh, the issues in Kenosha 
are in largely what's kind of dividing this country and stuff. But, um, you know, sports is supposed to try and unite and help heal and distract. And right now, it's needed to play a more important role within society. Uh, some people will say keep uh, politics out of sports. Well, then Trump shouldn't be making a phone call to the Big Ten. We have, we, we have to look at it both ways here, um, which I have no problem with him with him doing that. I don't have a problem with any of this. Really, um, I wish we didn't have to talk about it, but that's where we're at today. Um, so hopefully next week we're going to do an NFL preview, season preview, as mod- modified as we could possibly get. Um, so we'll do that next week, and hopefully we won't have a bunch of heavy stuff to talk about it along the way as well. So for Travis, again, follow him on Twitter at Travis Krins. For Charlie Hildebrand, at C.E. Hildebrand, and Marcus Traxler, at Marcus Traxler, all on Twitter. Uh, I'm Nathan Stacken. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, And we'll be back next week with a 2020 NFL season preview. And probably some more stuff as well. So thanks again for listening. Uh, Podcast link link to the podcast posted in the middle to later part of each week. So uh, thanks for listening again. Have a happy and safe Labor Day. Enjoy your long weekend off. And we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast.